With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam. Raised by Earl. Nolan. He got it. And Hakeem. Molded by the magnificent roller coaster ride that is Houston sports. Chill H-Town for the only homegrown afternoon team is talking your teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A-Team. They out for us. They got us and they got swag. Uriel cranks it to left. Stanton is going back at the wall. Look up. See you later. This one very high. Left field. Long and deep. It's gone. I have one question for all of New York. New York. <laughs> Who's your daddy now? Swinging a three-pointer from way downtown. It's gone. Alex Bregman with the long ball. It's 3 nothing. It's so crazy. They cry. Swing and a drive to left field. It's a rainbow. Drive to right center field. That's a base hit for Bregman. The Astros take a lead, six to five, on the bolt from Allen. They want you to judge. Ground ball, weekly hit. Presley has it. Jump part away the first. Underhand to Yuli inside. Starts running the news. The Houston Astros break out the roof in the Bronx, and they're headed back to the World Series for the fourth time in six years. This moment. How you feeling, Houston, Texas? Your team is back in the World Series. It is a Monday edition of the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790. Wex, AC, Joe George with you in studio. This is weird. I'm used to doing games all over the place last week, including Minute Maid Park, where the World Series will begin this Friday night. I'm just going to like kind of sum up the whole thing with one sentence. You, could got, you guys can tell me if you agree or not. I can't believe I just saw that. Like I, I like in the best case scenario, maybe five games it goes and you think it's dominant, but like sweeping the Yankees after everything that happened in twenty twenty two, after everything that happened before twenty twenty two, but particularly this year and <laughs> that hype video by the uh, New York Yankees preseason edition is aging more and more poorly with each passing second. Um, I just can't believe what we saw. It's fantastic. It's exhausting in a good way. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. I'm not built for for MLB baseball. But, man, what a fun time of year. And to think that this might be, out of everything in the field, it, it might end up being the sexiest matchup we could have had 
given the two teams that are going to be participating in this thing. Didn't think it would work out this way, that is for sure. Uh, the last team in on their side and the last team standing on their side did not have to beat the L.A. Dodgers to get there. But it certainly was a fun ride for them thus far. I don't think there's much doubt about that. find it hard to believe that uh, Bryce Harper could hit a two-run go-ahead homer in the Phillies' final at-bat in their ballpark to essentially send them to the World Series. was only the third-best play of the day yesterday. I mean, yeah, the NFL played yesterday, so let's show some random touchdown catches and call them one and two. But anyway, <laughs> the Phillies have had tremendous success since leaving Houston. Finished their season up in Houston, won a opening round series, the wild card series, with a pair of wins, added three wins to it in the DS, added four wins to it in the CS, did that in five games against the Padres, and like the Astros, they wrapped things up yesterday. Uh, they already have nine wins. Teams that win their division and are awesome, like Houston, uh, only need 11 wins to get there. The Phillies will need to win 13 postseason games after winning less than 90 regular season games to be the champs. But they're only four wins away, just like Houston. Game one is Friday. Game two is Saturday. Games three, four, and five with an off day preceding them, scheduled for Philadelphia. Obviously, game five begins the if-necessary portion. And then a potential game six and seven, same date of the day of the week again. After another off day, 6 and 7 would be Friday and Saturday. So the much more typical seven-game setup, which quite honestly favors any team that isn't Houston because the Astros pitching is so unbelievably deep and ridiculous. The last pitcher to throw a pitch, 60-plus of them, and a shutout win in the DS in extras, innings 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, Luis Garcia, and then he threw zero pitches in the four-game sweep of the Yankees. So the days off potentially could help Philly, but the Astros would like to do what they have done so far, get the series off to a good start. We're three days out from that, so let's enjoy what took place over the weekend and ended the Yankee season again for the fourth consecutive and all four playoff meetings in the history of the New York Yankees. If they're playing Houston, then they aren't winning. No, no, it, it's actually, that is stunning, and it's probably like 10th on the list of stunning things we can talk about having to do with the Astros. Yeah, we got three hours here, yeah, so let's get y'all with this. We'll do the same, and probably tenfold. Just what was it? Give us one thing. If you've got time, give us two things, because the list is endless. So oh. far, in the seven games that they've won, in the four games they just won over New York, in the clincher yesterday, whatever, 713 what was it for you? What was the moment that's going to be ingrained in your mind the most? What did you enjoy the most? What was the most fun? What was the most dramatic? What's been the best anything? Defensive play, shot of the fans, chants from other teams' fans, crybaby stuff, anything. It's already been an unbelievably eventful postseason, and it's only missing one thing, and that one thing is what nobody wants but seems inevitable. A, a loss. A loss. They haven't lost a game. And I know they're going to. They have to, right? They have to. The Phillies are Look too at the good. the way they're winning. It's incredible. So let's, let's, let's walk through it together. Yeah. They won the opener on a walk-off. Yep. So they, they won by a run. After trailing by how many? Six? Seven runs? They were, I can't remember anymore. They were down by four initially, got one back, then it got to 6-1, and they made their way back That's and right. seven and all the way through. So they, they, they got a one-run victory. 
Then uh-huh. they won game two by two. Uh-huh. Then they won the 18-inning game by that single digit. Yep. So that's a one-run win, a two-run win, and a one-run win. Then and, they, they, and a shutout. Don't forget that part. Yeah, they shut them out. They've one had nothing. multiple shutouts in this, in this run. Well, it's, you know, the tightness of these games. The other shutout was the only game that wasn't tight. A 5 nothing win. Every other game, including yesterday, very tight. A one-run win. They've got a 3-2 win. They've got a 4-2 win. And these every game was a one- or two-run win. Except for the five nothing shutout, all five of those runs charged to Garrett Cole. Can I do what I like to do on the show? I go back in time in my file, which is up here in the old noggin, and I remember times where Adam Wexler has said, "If the Astros are to have a deep playoff run, as we all assumed that they will, and this is obviously months, weeks ago, they're going to have to win either." close, tight, low-scoring games, or it'll be a slugfest, and it'll, again, be tight games. You called this weeks ago because of... And, and that's a that's how the team has changed. It's crazy to me that we're talking about, at this point, you can start to argue they are the best team in Astros history already. You, have, you can already say that. You have to. No, no, no. You don't have to. You have to. Because the only team before that... they've even played a World Series game, okay, what's when the they've played team in World Astros Series history? games three times in the last five years, I know, but and four times overall. What's the greatest team? We all, is the consensus the one that lost in seven games in nineteen? Not a consensus. It is a consensus if you have a brain in your head. No, the the team that actually got to celebrate that's that's the best team ever. No, I disagree. I that's perfect for radio. Put that put that team up against the team that won. And I think they throttle it. Not a chance to me. Not even. I mean, so Dallas I just don't Keuchel's even understand going the against argument. going against two. Dallas Keuchel that year, yeah, that year. That's what I'm saying, though. Yeah, the the year that he had, where he was really really good. That's fine. Any other year, heck, throw Dallas Keuchel against Joe this year. Joe your would be number him. two Come on, man, start. What the hell? Yeah, uh, you're getting you're getting it right and left today. Your number two starter in that rotation was Dallas Keuchel that yeah, year. Yeah, but correct? I think but I side with Wex on this because you can't be the best at anything if you're a loser. Look at who. Just this is a fine that. argument. I don't know if it's the perfect thing for today, but that Dodger team was pretty good, right? Very good. And that Astros team beat them. Right. Look at the two teams that beat the Astros in following years in the World Series. Neither of them were good. Hot as, teams from the NL East. Neither of them were as good as the Dodgers, Sound right? familiar? Yeah. That's accurate. Well, from a paper standpoint. I mean, do you, what do you think? Well, those teams were like hot, playing hot. The Dodgers were sustained excellence, so I don't really know how to argue. Well, I mean, just that's definitely two fair. different versions of good. That part of the conversation definitely flies into what we have for you over the course of the week because the Phillies are, uh, despite their regular season record, despite the fact they just came to Houston and really were not what they would normally be, uh, because of you know they clinched as, as soon as they got here. They won the game, they clinched, and then the other two games were played. But that's not really what the Philadelphia team would be, it would be nice to say, yeah, the Astros threw Verlander and, and Valdez against them in, in the game 161 and 162. And guess who won? And every, oh, great. How'd they pitch? This series is, that's just not the team that they are right now with what they had to do and how they're playing, how they're swinging the bats. Uh, they can believe they have two really strong aces, but a little bit like if you if you add the Verlander start against Seattle to open up the postseason, that was a little bit like Aaron Nola's postseason. He has been very good, but he also was very hittable. Wheeler's been very good, like Framber Valdez. And, and then after that is where things really, really start to change. If you get down to it, and we will, 
over the course of the week. Full show for you uh, throughout the week, all the way into Friday's show at Minute Maid Park. If you have not heard, every single game will have a 7.03 Central time. First pitch, both the games here in Houston and the trio of games in Philadelphia, all scheduled for that same 7.03 Central time. First pitch, so we got plenty of coverage leading into all those games. Appreciate our crew. Uh, Gordy and our Astros insider, uh, Michael Connor, in New York with the Astros. They'll be in Philly with the Astros. A lot of good things. And I told you we wanted your postseason moments to date. And I really think we could just literally take a call every minute for the rest of the show. and We would never duplicate them. We got a few of you ready to get in. Want to ch- start chiming in on those. The Astros swept the Mariners in the DS, best of five, and then swept the Yankees uh, with Two wins in New York after the two wins in Houston, and they're going back to the World Series. Six consecutive trips to the ALCS. They're now four and two in the ALCS, and they're headed back to the Worlds in this recent run and headed back to the World Series, which begins right here on Sports Talk 790 on Friday. When we come back, I'm going to play a soundbite from a current member of the Astros pitching staff that is going to make my point for me about this team already being in the conversation as the greatest Astros team of all time. That is straight ahead, along with Ben Verlander and Brian T. Smith along the way at certain points today. Keep it right here, right up until 6 o'clock. It's the A-Team Sports Talk 790. A lot of good reasons, any old time, to enjoy your ice-cold, refreshing Bud Light. But let me paint a scenario for you. Let's say you just watch your teammates dominate a series and ultimately win a clinching game on somebody else's turf and you got to celebrate on the diamond and you're Kate's husband you probably enjoyed an ice cold refreshing Bud Light right there for everybody's eyes right there on national TV last night I saw it JV crushing it I did the same this weekend sans the baseball part really just holding the can in my hand and drinking it it was pretty good as it always is ice cold refreshing Bud Light football season postseason The onset of the hoop season, it's all here for you. That means it's great to enjoy the Bud Light. Grab a tailgate uh, or two this weekend. Get the cooler full of ice-cold, refreshing Bud Light. The new special edition Texans cans remain available for you as we are in football season. So fill her up with the official beer of the Houston Texans. And enjoy your ice-cold Bud Light just like I do, safely and responsibly. Always plan ahead for that safe ride home. It's the A Team. Adam Planton and Adam Wexler on Sports Talk 790. Your Rockets, your Astros, your voice. It is the A Team here on Sports Talk 790. All right, we're not going to argue best Astros team. We'll wait until they, if they, go ahead and clinch this thing. Perfect, because then we won't have to argue. This will be the one? Of course. <laughs> okay, but like a seven-game loss to the Nationals when you won 107 games mm-hmm. with that staff where you had the top two vote-getters in the Cy Young Award winning uh, order of votes on your staff. Mm-hmm. I just, I've always thought that team was superior to the 17 team, even though the 17 team won a World Series. Well, too bad Verlander of the regular season wasn't still pitching for you in the postseason. Yeah, but that's not fair because Will Smith was awesome. No, Will Harris was awesome. Sorry, go. sorry about that. Um, until he wasn't, and only Howie Kendrick, Howie Kendrick, wow, uh, would have hit that home run 
on that given night at that given time. You can give him a million more chances. He never would have hit that, right? I mean, we all can agree that, and that's pretty much the game. So I just feel like as stacked as they were, the offense was much better from a number standpoint. Correct? Numbers guy? I mean, just keep going. No, I'm, t- I'm making my point because I have a point here to, to get to. Uh, Lance McCullers made my point for me last night. He was talking about the pitching. And the pitching is what we've been talking about almost from the start of the season. You know, no matter what was happening from a lineup perspective, you could always depend upon the Astros pitching, not just starting pitching, all of the pitching, no matter what. And Lance McCullers summed this up perfectly last night when he was talking about why they feel pretty good about their chances moving forward. Listen, I I said the other day, I'll say it again. You can literally close your eyes and point at the roster and say, go get them. Because any situation, no matter what it is, you know, these guys are going to be able to get it done. You mentioned Luis Garcia hasn't touched the mound since the Seattle series. Jose Arquiti is still on the team. I know this because I've seen him in the clubhouse, but he basically doesn't exist anymore. He's on the side of a milk carton, and it's not even his fault. Yeah, I talked to a James Click yesterday after the game, and I said, I know it wasn't really tough to tell Will Smith he wasn't making the postseason roster because you basically told Jose Arquiti the same thing. You just let him keep wearing a uniform. He laughed. <laughs> I, I didn't really talk to him I yesterday. know you didn't because he was in New York and you were here. But that would have been a fair question, or at least a funny question. Look, like that's that's what I mean. Like it's it's funny because the point he's making is right. Yeah, but I I'm glad that they don't do that because there's a specific one reason why they are so good is how they're deployed. I think that stuff matters. And I'm gonna say this because I get as much criticism as anybody and whatever. Like all these all these Dusty Baker, he can do no wrong. Why are you always picking on Dusty Baker, people? I, I, it's, I, he's just, he has been somebody that I've criticized in the past, and I think rightfully so, but so far, and he could very well screw it up, but I don't think he will, he has hit every single button in this postseason run. I don't think he's made a single mistake. Has yeah, he? I think there's a few, yes, and most of them haven't mattered. Th- or There's no losses to show for them. Sure, yeah, but I mean, we, Cause there's I no think losses. it's totally unfair to second-guess him at, at, at Based on the circumstances, after the, f- I, I've second guessed. I can probably run a list of five. I'm probably not going to do it right now because I asked a bunch of people to give us their best moment. I'd love to get to them uh, to do so, but like even in yesterday's game, I would not have taken Brian Abreu out of the game in that I agree. spot. I agree. Uh, you're in a one-run game, and the possibility you're going to be in a tie game is certainly sitting right in front of you. I, I'd prefer to maybe have. Montero available for the 10th. If you get him inning out of Abreu in the 8th, and then you go to Presley in, in between the 8th or the ninth, something doesn't work out, and you're ended up in extra innings. You've still got Montero. You've still got, again, everyone down the line, but you're, they've worked. I mean, I still don't understand what it is they saw in 2022 that elicited a Jake Myers start this postseason, I, but that happened. Yeah. They didn't lose the game, but he certainly didn't help them win it by going 0-2 with 2Ks. Is he making the World Series roster? Uh, yeah, because I don't know what... No, no, no. The roster they had this one is probably what's going to stay, but I want to get to some of you guys. Since I asked you to join us, and Calvin is first in line, a bunch of you already want to weigh in. Uh, uh, also on the topic we were discussing prematurely, the greatest Astros <laughs> team. You're welcome. Well, let's get Calvin in here on the A-team on a Monday if preceding another World Series trip for the Astros. What's up, Calvin? So I think that it factor for this whole series for me has been the timely hitting. There's been a couple games, specifically the first one with the Mariners and the last one that played last night. Looked like we were down and out and then just 
that one person came up and smacked it over the fence and brought us right back into the game or with the first game won the thing for us. So that's my it factor for this series. It's a great answer because it gives you a little bit of additional leeway without having a great postseason with runners in scoring position. And this series especially, games one, two, and three were dreadful. And then they went five for ten yesterday. But Calvin saying the it factor, like the moment is calling for it, and it happened. Well, it happened in game one when Munoz was in in the eighth inning and Alex Bregman hits a two-run homer. And it obviously came a little bit later when Robbie Ray came in and Jordan Alvarez hit a game-winning three-run walk-off. You're saying he was homer. the it factor there? Uh, the Astros' timely hitting still takes it. Oh. Yesterday, Cortez is clearly stumbling. And not locating. And he puts two guys on, and Jeremy Payne is at the plate, and they've made their visit, and you're down by three. He could have grounded out. He could have singled. He could have doubled. He homered. He had a three-run homer, and that place, that was the early onset of let's empty out. Even though they actually came back to take the lead. They knew. That this, just those three come to mind, and I'm sure there's ten others that people could come up with, and we'll continue allowing for that with Bill joining us here on the A-Team. You got a moment for us, Bill, this postseason? Yeah, let me ask you a question first, though. Has there ever been a team go undefeated for the entire playoffs? I do not believe that has ever happened in this Dish, I don't want to say in this current format because that's obviously it yes, the it's the first time. Format, yeah. But when needing to win three series, a five, a seven, and a seven, I do not believe there's an eleven zero team that's ever hap- that has ever accomplished that before. Awesome, first for everything. For me, I think it's got to be Jordan's home run game one. You don't know how that might psychologically change the way they approach the game for the rest of the series. I think it it set the table for the entire postseason. I'd never say that. I mean, I I can't argue with you there. And, I mean, two guys in that series, he kind of bookended it. But the guy that hit the home run in Game 3 is the guy that hit the home run you're talking about last night. I'm sorry, but, like, Jeremy Pena doing this as a – he's the ALCS MVP as a rookie. Hey, we need you to go ahead and fill the shoes of Carlos Correa. Can you do that? I know know it's – and Alvarez belts it deep to right field. Gibson, goodbye. Unbelievable. The Astros a walk-off win. Jordan Alvarez a walk-off three-run homer. And the Astros stun the Mariners in game one of the division series. Sorry, I got so excited. I, I, I love just, that. I got so excited. I'm not, I'm not upset. Bill's it's, right. It's a that, great call. That moment, like, I've asked you for them yeah. because I know we can come up with others. Yep. But that absolutely set the tone. The Astros could have walked back in their clubhouse five seconds earlier on a Pena ground out, strike out, whatever, down 0-1 after losing 7-5 with Justin Verlander pitching poorly and tried to figure out how to beat the Mariners three of the next four. But instead, Jordan Alvarez hit a three-run walk-off homer in front of his home fans that sent, again, inside that building with all that's happened since 2015 – with Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Has there been a bigger home moment? Only Altuve's home run. Or, see, this is why it's so good. No, I... I or... But, yeah, but... Bregman's walk-off to score Derek five, Fisher? Yeah. Or a different walk. I mean, it's insane what these runs have included, but right, hard to look past even in this postseason how it, how it was bigger than just they won game one. Yeah, it's the way they won it, and it's it's just I, I'm sorry. Like, remember how when we watched the last dance? One of the biggest aspects of the Bulls' mystique during the Jordan. And I took offense to that. What? Which which? That was that was Jordan. They sh- every video they showed him. Yeah, and I took offense to that. Oh yeah. I, t- I took that personally. I took that personally. Yeah. Like, how about that getting weaved into Lauren Shahadi's interview with JP? It's the first thing I thought. Yeah, of. absolutely. Like, she can take credit because she's the first person to do it on national TV. I knew I was going to morph Jeremy Pena's slow mo shoulder shrug with MJ's the second I saw him so come around. On the rounding of third, yeah. it was the I just hit the shot over Cliff Robinson shoulder shrug. Yeah. The on the shot. podium with Lauren, he gave the I just beat. Michael Jordan by tossing a quarter at the wall, and I'm a security guard. Yes, Shrug. Yes. What was that guy's name? I always forget his name. The guy with the the. I don't even really how to. Sweet do. Yeah, he. I don't. How do you describe his hair? It was just sweet. I don't know. It's like, but like a merm. Yes. Yeah. It was very. That's a very good, accurate description. I don't know. Like, it's just Jeremy Pena doing this is so beyond his years, and it's one of those things that you've talked about before. Like, he doesn't know any better. He just doesn't know any better. He should. Well, see, he. I think it's more than that, and I want to definitely want to get into that next segment. Keep lining you up because we want to hear your thoughts about you, your enjoyment of this weekend of Astros baseball. It was, it was cut short, and it could have been going on today, but didn't need to. Astros one and four seven one three two one two five seven ninety two things on Pena, and we'll also let you hear from some of uh, what was said after the game, both on the Astros side and on the Yankees side, as their off season may be the toughest to navigate that they've had through all these losses to the Astros in the postseason. But line them up. We'll knock them down. A few other things clearly to get into. There was worse, a few other minor stories this weekend, like a trip to Vegas that uh, netted the Texans the number two spot in the 2023 NFL draft. So we can run through that uh, as well. Um, and the uh, MVP award for Pena specifically what I find the most awesome part of that. Classic Chevy Sugarland, a classic Chevy Highway 6. No better place to go find that vehicle of your dreams, especially if your vehicle is a Silverado or really anything in their inventory because nobody has more inventory uh, than classic Chevy Sugarland and classic Chevy Highway 6. Those Silverados right now, how about $5,000 off? How about those of you that know what we've been telling you over the last, uh, well, the entire time we've been talking to you about classic Chevy Highway 6? Open on Sundays. Could have taken advantage of that yesterday, each and every weekend. Open on Sundays at classic Chevy Highway 6. Uh, that often best suits your needs, and that's who they're working for you guys out there, same as they did for me as I purchased my vehicle uh, from classic Chevy Sugarland or classic Chevy Highway 6. You're working with a family-owned and family-operated business. Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian, big Astros fans. Handful of texts with uh, me and AC and Handful. Jeff uh, over the last few days. We were weeks texting for the fools. postseason. Kind of enjoyable. But uh, into that, just like he's into making it a great car buying experience. GM Dealer of the Year now, 12 years in a row. Classic Chevy Sugarland, Classic Chevy Highway 6. When you head on over there, tell them Adam Wexler sent you by. 
If you can buy Rockets gear on it, you can hear us on it. That's amazing. Listen live for free on any smart device. It's a great day. It's a great day to be an Astros fan. To be here with you on Sports Talk 790. Looking forward to the conversation all throughout the week. Again, uh, the Astros have a chance with four more wins to uh, celebrate with you guys. and Get this city ready for a parade. They've been able to do it once during this run. Taking care of the Los Angeles Dodgers before succumbing to the Nationals two years later in a seven-game series and ultimately succumbing to the Braves two years uh, after that, which was just last season. Uh, in a little bit shorter series. And now for the third time in five seasons, their trip to the World Series brings with it a National League East team, a different National League East team. Uh, the Braves won the division this year. The Phillies finished third and did not clinch their postseason berth until they got to Houston in what game a 160. scenario, by the way, that they were supposed to be the first series of the year, weren't, and then they play them late in the calendar before they go to the postseason, and now these are the two teams left. These are the two teams left. Pretty exciting for Philly fans to get their team back to town and take care of business at home and not have to worry about anything else and not have to go back to San Diego off of an L. Uh, instead, getting the guy they went out to, to have this happen for them, Bryce Harper, who wins the NLCS MVP, hits a two-run homer, bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, the Phillies take all three games in Philadelphia after winning game one behind a shutout. From Zach Wheeler, who should be the game one starter against Justin Verlander on Friday. The only game they lost was the one started by Aaron Nola. And earlier on the show, I mentioned while he is exceptional and has had some success against the Astros, like everybody else in the majors, that particular game, he could not get through five innings. He gave up six runs on seven hits, two home runs. And that was the only game that they lost in this series. But their 87-win regular season, 19 wins fewer than the Astros. So what? They've won nine times in the playoffs, and here they are, ready to take on the Astros beginning Friday. Before we get to uh, Ray and Greg and Austin and Mike and the rest of you at 713-212-5790, my thought on Pena, and you were saying he doesn't know any better, he's out there winning MVPs, he's filling the shoes of Carlos Correa. I'm actually glad he doesn't feel that way and has keeps saying it. He's the Astros' shortstop. Yeah. He's playing his game. Well, He happens to play a position... I mean, he's in a different position, obviously, than in 2021 when Miles Straw was the everyday center fielder. By the way, he did break Carlos's record for postseason rookie home run. I think that was the one he was chasing. Of three? Well, yeah, but like that's not common. No, it's not. I mean, being a rookie and being counted on like that, no, I absolutely not. I think that was not. the mark. Okay. Uh, I don't remember. Miles Straw is not, nobody was ever trying to get him to fill his shoes. Nobody ever thought he would. And quite honestly, you shouldn't think that about Pena. And the good news is he never thought about it that way either. Went out and had himself a gold glove worthy season. He may or may not win it, but he's one of the three finalists and he's 15 team American League, 15 shortstops. He's one of the top three defensively, at least according to the gold glove. Correa is another. Uh, and then he went out there and has been tremendous batting in front of Jordan Alvarez, triply, quadruply important batting in front of Alvarez, with Jose Altuve almost never getting on base until yesterday. It's no fluke that the Astros scored quite a few more runs than, mo- than most games 
when Jose Altuve started getting on base a little bit more often, and the Yankees had a little bit to do with that, especially him staying on base. Also, not staying on base. Jeez, dude. I didn't even know what to tweet because all I wanted to tweet was... Swear words? Why the swear word are you bunting? But well, when that's true. Jose Altuve decided to be super aggressive because the last thing you want in a one-run game is to be on second base with Jordan Alvarez coming up and one out. Absolutely, positively, Jose, whatever you can do to avoid that, please go do that. Gosh. And he rounds second. Josh Donaldson gets back to third, and Rizzo makes a brilliant throw. And Altuve was actually there. He got his hand on the bag before the tag. But, of course, he's running out of control, he's out of control speed. Yeah. He couldn't stop, and Donaldson smartly kept the tag on him, and it was a very easy call. And ultimately, an insurance run turned out to not be needed as Presley was, Ugh. again, awesome, but kind of unnecessary. But let me give this one thought on Payne and then get you guys in here. He won the Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. CS MVP. They've won four CSs, and obviously each time their player has won the MVP award. They head into the 2022 World Series when Justin Verlander throws his first pitch against the Phillies. It will be coming from an Astros American League Championship Series MVP's right hand while he has behind him three other ALCS MVP's defensively with Altuve winning one, Pena now winning one, and Alvarez winning one. They're all still on the team. Yeah. And they've won now four MVP awards in six years for players that are all going to be out there on Friday. Let me ask you this before we get to the phone calls. If they do it, if they break, if they if they get it done, um, how much will this quiet, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, Bob Costas tried to do it last night, and there's always going to be, and I'm not saying you know, like completely, but like for the most part, what are you going to say? My answer will come in the form of a Yankees player who talked about that last night, and we'll get to that okay. at the top of next segment. Nice. All right, let's get back out to the phone calls at uh, 713-212-5790. That means it's time for Ray to tell us about his most memorable moment of the postseason here on the A-Team. What's up, Ray? Uh, what's going on, fellas? Just Hello, enjoying life. Today? All good. Oh, uh, man. Hey, I still got a bone to pick with you guys, man, because y'all didn't come check on me over there at 417 at the game Saturday. We're not nice people, so, I guess. Well, I can speak for I myself. Guess so, man. We'll, yeah, we'll make I, it up I to was you. I over there at 417, like the only fan over there, in my bright orange Alvarez jersey, you know, sending out the masses. But, uh, no, nah, I had a good time, man. That stuff that they were saying about the fans, man, being naughty, being kind of messed up over there, man, that was that was like far from my experience. Like that whole – I was like the only Astro fan in that whole 417 section. And, man, you know, besides the normal heckling and stuff like that, and I gave it to them as well, they gave it to me. But, man, I'm, that section I was in, good fans, man. I can say they they were really good fans. And the best chant came uh, with me and the uh, Yankees fans. Well, it was actually the Yankees chant. Their chant was, uh, 
B-O-O-B-I-E-S, Booby. You got him? All the way through? Bing, bang, boom. All that time for that? I think he thought we were Gordy and Michael, by the way. I know. I, was, I had a great time in New York, Apolis this weekend. <laughs> How far is that, by the way? How New far York? is what? Where you were? Uh, I flew, in, flew Coast, into Baltimore, right? and then we drive to the stadium, which is in Annapolis. UH and uh, Navy over the weekend, 11 a.m. kick, and the Cougs crushed it with a big, big yep. victory in conference. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This weekend, by the way, game time was announced. 11 a.m. kick this weekend. And the SMU game kick time was announced because, well, we of course have it on 950 KPRC. It's actually going to be carried by the NFL Network. NFL Network looking for more college football on their network because it's such an obviously great fit. They are called the NFL Network. Yeah. Uh, but 6 o'clock this Saturday after this one uh, from uh, SMU. It uh, kind of depends. I think you can catch a train there pretty quickly, drive there if you're driving very, very quickly. A couple yes. of hours. Not not too not too bad. Well, it's quickly until you get into town. Yeah. Gordy and Michael have thus far and likely will continue to handle our road trip coverage. Uh, yours truly, AC, and the rest of the crew here handle, holding things down from the H. Yeah, I think we can handle uh, the home crowds. I really wanted to be there to see that. By the way, before we go to break, just a total... Credit to all of the Astros fans that were there last night, and not just like, "Hey, I'm going into the Yankee Stadium, but I'm not going to wear it." No, they were, I'm going to wear my gigantic, loud rainbow jerseys and basically dare anybody to say something to me. Now, apparently, one guy had an incident in a men's room. That's there. not confirmed. Well, they were wheeling him out. I mean, I don't know. I just don't see a lot of people wheeling out. Been a medical episode. I hope it was. That's, Let's put it that that's... way. That's that why shit. it's not confirmed, because people are saying this guy got jumped, people are saying he had a seizure, so it's like it's not confirmed what happened. So before we just start like one of those, it's not confirmed what really happened. I just don't want to see anybody wheeled out of a but baseball see, the, game. Of course, it's probably reason. a good, somewhat of a good thing that it's unconfirmed. I mean, we saw the video of authorities going in, uh-huh. and we saw a p- video of authorities wheeling out a man in an Astros jersey. Right. What we don't have video of is inside the restroom. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This time. Good job. We shouldn't normally <laughs> well, have that. Well, we did, though. I know a lot of people like to take. A guy. And a lot of people like it's a great place to uh, take mirror selfies. Public restrooms. <laughs> for the not, gra- not at a ballpark. Not at a ballpark very often. Those mirrors are usually pretty dirty. So pretty what you guys dirty. are saying is open containers are okay in there, but you better not take pictures. Got it. No, I'm just saying. like, if you, you guys you are the worst. To take a selfie, like, like, there's going to be smudges on the How mirror. do you even take care of what you're in there to do if you have your alcohol in one hand and your phone in the other? And why are you touching either of them? 
without well, washing I'm your thirsty hands. Thirsty, and I, you know, Jeez. gotta make sure I'm safe. You guys here. are awful, absolutely yeah. awful. But we'll get back to more of you guys, like we said. Quick break here, and the answer to the Astros' run of excellence against the backdrop of banging. Three, two. One. Hey, you know what song I heard the other day? It's awesome. You're going to love it. It's called Baseball Time in Houston. I cannot wait to play it. There it is. That's what time it is right now. Baseball time, playoffs time, World Series time. If you're looking to get into a spot that's six blocks away from where the World Series will be playing this week in Welcome our city. the greatest restaurant of all. Solicita, are you ready for some churros? We just made that up on the fly. Our recording contract is in the mail. It is the perfect spot for that pregame meetup. If you want the churros, cool. Keep it to that, and that's a, that alone, that's fine. But I, I would recommend you just explore the entire menu. And just honestly, get yourself yeah, just stuffed really, and miserable. What I would recommend is just you really want to explore the space. Explore you got, the space. Explore the space. you got indoor and outdoor seating. you got a rooftop deck. It's really enjoyable. It's only six blocks from Minute Maid Park. Solacita. Great food, uh, great drinks, great atmosphere. 413 Travis Street. Right? Really? Explore the space. <laughs> Explore the space. One thing they may just have is more cowbell. Say, baby. Definitely more churros. We will see you there. Cock Solacita. of the walk. <laughs> Adam Clanton. Adam Wexler. Our A-Team returns on Sports Talk 790. Free right corner and he hits it. The Rockets. Your Rockets play here. They want you to judge. Ground ball, weekly hit. Presley has it. Jumps part of the way the first. Underhand Sayuli inside. Starts running the news. The Houston Astros break out the rooms in the Bronx. And they're headed back to the World Series. It's an awful day. An awful, awful ending. It always stings. It hurts. The ending, you know, as I've said before, it's cruel. It's like my least favorite day of the year. Yeah, um, I've not been able to end the season with uh, popping champagne, um, so unfortunately I'm rather familiar with this day and I don't like it. It's the worst day of the year for Pete's sake. Garrett Cole pitched in this series as expected one time. Can I ask you guys a question about that night? Uh, which night? Game three? Yeah. Sure. Really particularly about the morning after. Was I too mean to him? Uh, I don't think so. In your good morning video? Yeah. What you? What was so he mean? He was playing the banjo in the middle of the swamp. That's like my one of my all-time favorite songs, period. The Rainbow Connection? Such a good... It's so great. The Kermit version or yeah, just in general? The, he's sitting on the log in the river and he's playing the song. So I told Teresa, like, as I'm you know putting this together and the next morning I'd already posted it, I'm like, I said that to her. I said, truly, it, that is one of the best songs ever written. If it's, you just think about it... It's a great song. It's a great song. It's very, like... That is the... That is the absolute epitome of a creative melody that never existed before, doesn't sound like anything else, and a Frog was singing it. I mean, Garrett Cole was singing it. We talk... Uh, Someday we'll find this <laughs> so good. rainbow connection. I couldn't grip the ball. The lovers, the dreamers, and me. down oh three. It's the same guy. You can't tell me he didn't voice that movie. He really had some good good uh, quotes. Uh, 
We heard one of them when I talked to him after game two, along uh-huh. with everybody else in, at the podium. Um, I really, what he said about the Astros and being together and how they just kind of, you know, putting them down is, is really, really difficult to do because they're, they're just always coming. What he had to say after he pitched, you know, they're hitting pitchers' pitches. You know, they got this to drop. They, you know, and look at yesterday's game. The, the ball that Bader couldn't catch because something was blocking the sun and it was right in front of him in the and form of 99. Um, he was nine feet tall, according to Harrison, after the game. But that essentially that same play happened yesterday, and neither Tucker nor Chaz could get to it, avoided running into each other, but they couldn't. It was the same type of hit, and that break went the Yankees' way, and that's one of the reasons why it was a, a five-run afternoon evening for the Yankees on the scoreboard, which they hadn't seen. Some of the breaks they weren't getting, they absolutely got uh, at different points in the game yesterday. The Astros still caught their fair share. Obviously, the error was monstrous, and... Uh, that was one of the things that uh, Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo, talked about after the game. You asked me that question about distancing the Astros, distancing themselves from the narrative. Mm-hmm. They can't distance themselves themselves from what happened, but they can distance themselves from the narrative if people will allow for it when they go out and win. And they had a chance to erase it initially last year because even in 2019 they really wouldn't have erased anything because nobody knew it had happened at that point in time Mm -hmm. they would have just won again uh but in 2021 they had the chance to beat the braves win a world series win their three postseason series and get people common sense people however many of them there are out there to realize yeah this team's pretty darn good we know they did that they've acknowledged it. it's in the report lots of other teams have done things they at some point we got to recognize this and now they have that same chance again so after Rizzo mentioned you can't make mistakes this point in the season, this late in the season, because the teams you're playing against will take advantage of it, the Astros definitely did on uh, Jeremy Pena's infield ground out that uh, Torres and Connor Falefa messed up, left a couple runners on, and the Astros ended up scoring twice in that inning to take the lead. But he also said this in a pretty large size show of respect for the Astros team that just beat them and the Astros era that we're all witnessing. It stings to say this, but congratulations to them. Um, what they've done for the last six, seven years of the run, uh, getting there, you know, after their whole controversy and continuing to get to the ALCS and continue to, to push on the door for the World Series uh, is not easy. And as a player in the industry, the, knowing how hard it is, uh, you can. Uh, sit on the side as bad as it sucks but what they're doing has been incredible and uh, you know it just it sucks for us so there's two guys in the Yankees lineup that were not there in 2017 who have gone out of their way in very different fashion to demonstratively debunk that kind of lazy narrative one of them is him and by the way I'm with I'm with Joe after this series I'm like, dude, Rizzo is. I mean, for me, like, I he, love him. He's my favorite baseball player, probably he, of all time. How fast he's, he's did awesome. he go to first base when that ball nicked the jersey yeah. on his knee? Gosh, <laughs> so like, great! It's just, and it's so funny like, hearing him say that because like he would know better than anyone else because the, they did the Cubs did what the Astros did. They blew it up. They were yeah. hundred loss team for years, and they brought up Chris Bryant and Kyle Schwarber, and and they traded for Rizzo. And they had all these guys, and they won the World Series. And, yeah, they went to a couple NLCSs around that. 
But they thought they were going to be the Astros. So, like, of anyone in baseball, like, he's probably the most qualified person to say how special the Astros run honestly is. And he was productive in this series, so he's probably looked upon a little bit more favorably by Yankees fans who were so burned by that, and it's continued to be to this day. On the other side, Josh Donaldson was really came out and defended the Astros before he was even in the Yankees clubhouse. Him... Not so much on the productive side this series. Had an awful series. Just absolutely awful. Most of the Yankees did, uh, including Aaron Boone. Again, oh, there's only so much a manager can do, but I thought he had a really, really bad series. He wasn't the only Aaron that had a bad series. Well, yeah, what you're doing, Judge going one for 16, that has nothing to do with Aaron Boone. But some of the decisions he made, and we'll get to that in hour number two, are they were definitely head scratchers. The lineup, uh, the lineup you saw yesterday where the best four hitters in it were right there at the top. He used that twice in four games. Every other lineup was a mistake. That that was the correct lineup. That's how you're going to get something done. That's the best you can do is put your best right there at the top with the rest of the group, with the nine guys they're going to have to trot out there. He can't turn Glaber Torres into a 250 hitter with an 850 OPS. He can't. He can't make Josh Donaldson stop striking out all the time. Putting playing Carpenter ever is just absolutely insane. I don't get so that. again, the only thing he can do is not ever play him. He set him up in the most important pinch hitting situations. He had him in the lineup. He brought him in later. It's just wow moments. And by the and way, again, when you're struggling to find anybody to hit, sometimes that happens. But those things on top of how they handled their pitching staff, Cortez, and clearly, at least to me, and definitely a few others in New York. I don't understand taking Garrett Cole out. I also don't for understand Lou Trevino. If you're going to use relievers in any situation, why lasagna wasn't more of them? It's because he was of, awesome. It's because of how the other series yeah. played and how he was trying. Let's like in game one, he was questioned by the media about using his quote unquote B relievers because he was trying to get his A relievers healthy enough and strong yeah. enough to be impactful in this series. He had and, no fear of the Astros lineup and looked great. A <laughs> few more uh, thoughts from you guys about the, the two major topics this hour, uh, the Astros and the Astros. We welcome your input, 713-212-5790. Some of your favorite moments so far from this postseason. Got several days to get into the Phillies side of the World Series matchup, so I don't imagine too much of that today. Need to hit on a little football. Four o'clock is what's next. And on Mondays, that means a visit with Ben Verlander. He joins us next. Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam. Talking your teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A-Team. Here's the one-two to Kinder Falefa. Breaking ball got him. Strike three. Verlander's punched out. More batters than anybody now in postseason history with 214. A celebration in season for the Astros. They had one of those. A celebration after an 18-inning victory to move on to the championship series. They had one of those. A celebration after beating the Yankees yesterday to move into the World Series. But it's going to take a fourth celebration for our next guest, Ben Verlander, to actually be there in person yeah. for a celebration with Justin Verlander. Although, Ben, was it as cool as it appeared to be? Just even FaceTiming with Justin as they celebrated another trip to the World Series? <laughs> it's, always a, it's always a special moment. And this, this one was a little different this year being 
uh, on the NLCS side of things, covering the National League. So it was a very, very, very special and very cool night in Philadelphia. Um, but with the game being delayed, I was able to, to get back and watch pretty much the whole game uh, from start to finish. And then the celebration happened. I'm watching the TV. I see my whole, you know, a lot of my family out on the field and just wanted to be a part of it and uh, was able to uh, able to talk with Justin and for us to share that moment, despite me not being able to be there in person, is something that I know I'll, I'll always remember. And, uh, yeah, it was, just, it was really cool. And uh, it meant a lot to me. And next thing you know, I get off the phone and somebody had a really cool video of it. So it was a very special moment that I was very happy to be able to share with them. It was so cool. I need your honest opinion on this. It's as far as rating flexes, okay? So in the all-time pantheon of sports flexes, Coming back from Tommy John, helping to sweep the Yankees, and then giving your supermodel wife a kiss goodbye as you chug a beer and go celebrate with your uh, teammates on the Yankees' uh, home field. Is that one of the biggest flexes in in all of sports? (laughs) Oh, by the way, you're going to win the Cy Young, too. Yeah, well, if you add that on, it certainly certainly has to be up there. There's a good argument for it to be the best. Um, what, What a season. What a moment, and last night was it was so special. And, yes, you're absolutely right. I would agree with you. The Fox side of things had the National League. So you, as you mentioned, have been kind of along for, for what's taken place there. The Astros will see their third different NL East team in the World Series over the last five seasons. The Braves a year ago, and, or four seasons, and the Nationals two years prior to that. Does, does the Phillies run? resemble either of those or how would you characterize this Phillies team that got a last at back victory with a home run from their guy Bryce Harper to set off the celebration and slowly several days from now make their way to Houston you know I would characterize it as I, I do see a lot of similarities in that um, in the Nationals run in 2019 I, I, I think this team uh, yeah didn't get out of the gates hot but Got hot at the right time and ended up having a good end of the year. One of the one of the hotter teams from you know the All Star break on uh, deserved to be there. Deserves deserved to get into the playoffs. And I know it's the first year of expanded playoffs, and it's the first time we've ever had a six seed. But I think what the Phillies have done is is justified the new playoff format. The argument was, well, you don't want too many teams that could water down the regular season. Well, that's not the case. The Phillies got off to a bad start, but were really, really hot and a really good team for a lot of the year uh, and got in by the skin of their teeth, deserved to get there, and they have shown that, yeah, they're, they're a sixth seed, but they're one of the best teams in baseball. And uh, for put seeding aside, uh, this team is dangerous, and they're one of the best teams in the league, and it does. It reminds me a lot of that uh, 2019 uh, Nationals team. I, and I've heard a lot of that, and they get the proper respect, I think, around here, at least from people who have been paying attention to what's going on. It's not like, you know, the Astros, well, they've swept their way to the World Series, so they're just going to keep on winning and never lose again. That's hardly uh, the case here. And I, as a matter of fact, I think if I had to, you know, be asked right now, I would pick the Astros in six. But um, my question about the Phillies is. Will the fact that they have not faced the type of pitching, elite caliber, I mean, Lance McCullough said you could close your eyes, point to the roster, and just send somebody out there and they'll get the job done. There is something to that, though. And is this easily the best pitching the Phillies will have seen in the regular season and the postseason combined? 
Yeah, you know, the reason I think the answer is yes is because I think the Astros pitching staff from top to bottom, from starter number one to the closer, is the best in baseball. So, yes, I do believe it's going to be the best they've seen. Um, but look look at what they've just had to get through. You know, you, Darvish, Blake Snell, and Joe Musgrove are, are three really good pitchers. Now, you know, if you're, if you're going to make them choose, obviously, I think, having Justin Framber and Lance McCullers and Christian Javier is the better option. But what they're coming out of is a series against three really good stud pitchers. So um, this offense is hot. Uh, the, the Phillies are on a roll. They look really good. The offense looks like they're up to the task with anybody. And the Astros, uh, the Astros are going to be a very good test for them. But do not think of these, this Philly team as a sixth seed that is lucky to be where they are. Uh, it's a team that got into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth but deserved to get there and is one of the best teams in the league and has a fantastic roster that is built that is built to win in October, and that's what we're seeing. Only five Phillies have homered in their 11-game postseason, uh, but those five players have hit 16 home runs, Harper and Hoskins each with five. Uh, on the Astros' side, the ALCS MVP is Jeremy Pena. The Astros have four ALCS MVP winners in their lineup. Uh, when you consider what game one will feature, Verlander, Alvarez, Pena, and Altuve. You had Jeremy Pena on the Flippin' Bats podcast earlier this season. Anything about his demeanor then that suggested he would be this calm, poised, and prepared to crush in his first ever postseason? Absolutely. You know, I think from the moment I, I first talked to him um, to having him on my podcast, I remember the first first series of the year I was there in Anaheim, and it almost felt like from talking to him that that first game, that moment was really big. And that moment was almost like that was a, a eye-opener for him. And then he had that next game, got the hit, ended up getting multiple hits that game, ended up getting a homer like, that, for him, having that experience of the first game and then talking to him after that second game, so calm, cool, and collected. I mean, this guy has the attitude of a player that it's what you need in October. I mean, and, and we're seeing it now. He's had a great rookie season. He's gone through a down period. He, he obviously had majority up, but there was a down period where he wasn't uh, what he had been for a lot of the year. And I think just talking to him multiple times now in Anaheim and on my podcast, you, you realize that this guy's built for this. Like, he's built for October. He has the mindset of, like, yeah, you know, this is, this is cool, but there's no, there's no moment that's too big for me. And uh, I'm just along for the ride and doing my job and playing shortstop and trying to hit the ball hard, and that's what he's doing. So it's really, really cool to watch him. And after talking to him, I'm not surprised at all that this moment isn't too big for him. Talking to Ben Verlander here on Sports Talk 790. Obviously, Astros and uh, Phillies in Game 1 of the World Series here in Houston this Friday night. You'll hear it here on Sports Talk 790. Um, The fact that the Astros have swept their way this far, it's not like they've just completely mowed down the opposition. There have been close games, and yet... I feel like, especially in the Yankee series, but you could say this overall, the scoreboard was close in a lot of these games, uh, save for the shutout in Game 3 against the Yankees, but I don't ever feel like it was... I was never really nervous 
like I guess I should have been in games that are that close. Last night was the first real test I thought that the Astros got, even though, again, a lot of these games were you know razor-thin margins. Yeah, and I, I look back at that the Mariners series first and foremost. Th- that series was super close. Every you know every right. game, every game you look at. I mean, that first one, obviously the Jordan Homer. Uh, well, you could say the Jordan Homer for multiple games there, but you know, not neither of those, none of those games were like up. Oh, this is the Astros for the taking, and I didn't walk away from that series saying, "Man, the Astros blew their doors off. They are just such the better team." The series that I did say that was against the New York Yankees. I think the, I think the Mariners put up a much better fight than the Yankees did. Yeah. So, I, you know, watching that game, I think there were a lot more tense moments in that Mariners series than there were against the Yankees just because I thought from the second the Astros took the field, they looked like the much better team over the New York Yankees. And uh, I had been saying it all year long, uh, got a little petty after the game because <laughs> obviously take your shots when it happens. Um, but yeah, I just, I agree with you there. I didn't think there were too many, and obviously it's the ALCS and it's the New York Yankees and it's the one versus the two seed, but, um, the Astros handled business that whole series and it was never really in doubt. How bad is it to be Brian Cashman this morning? Bad, bad. You have, uh, there's a lot of question marks from, um, your manager to your superstar player to the rest of the team, to different positions, there's a ton of question marks. And them not getting out of the ALCS, them not winning a game in the ALCS, uh, the fans are disappointed, the fans are pissed off, and uh, there's <laughs> there's a lot of questions, and it is not great to be him this morning. And uh, finally, who's the uh, Yankees' daddy? <laughs> Could you confirm that? I, that would be the Houston Astros. <laughs> I knew you would come through in the clutch. I just had a feeling. The plan in place yet? Uh, travel dates? When are you getting down to the H? Uh, it's either Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, getting that all into place now. But uh, I am, I am so excited. I mean, one just there's the family aspect here that I just it, it's the coolest thing for myself and my brother to be where I am in my career at this point and just starting out and to be able to cover, cover the world series and to, to have my brother in it is something that I know we'll both cherish forever. Um, and on top of that, it just being in Houston where I just freaking love that place, man. I mean, I love the people. I love everybody there. I love the fans. Uh, it's always been such a, a place that is so close uh, and, and made me, uh, feel so happy and, and so thankful to be there. And I just, I'm so excited to go back for so many reasons. And I'm really so thankful. This series is, is so cool. You know, it's the Astros and the Phillies. And uh, it's just a, a series that I have a lot of connections with on both sides. And uh, it's going to be really special. So, yeah, Wednesday or Thursday, getting down there. And uh, then, then it's all business from there. Was uh, out of town doing a college football game, watching the uh... – nationally game and immediately after it ended i got my first look about halfway through uh, searching for shohei uh you pretty excited that now people have had a chance to see what all went into that yeah you know i i, I was really excited for for it to come out and really excited for people to see it but the response and and the reaction that i've gotten from 
the strong majority of people has been really overwhelming and really, um, really, really cool. And uh, it's been something that I obviously worked hard on and for it to finally come to fruition and for people to be able to see it and to reach out to me and say that they saw it and uh, how they felt about it really cool and really special and i believe it i believe it's airing again tonight on fs1 if i'm not mistaken um so there's going to be a few different air dates and uh, it's always cool because sometimes i don't know when it's re-airing and i'll start getting people reaching out saying how uh you know it, it's a really cool story and it makes some people emotional the journey and it's just it's it was really special so i was glad you're able to see a little bit of it and, and i'm really just i'm happy it's out absolutely it's awesome uh like i said saw a little bit of it we'll finish it off if in fact that's accurate i'll probably knock that out a little later tonight probably after rockets basketball <laughs> but uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you in person this weekend throughout the games one and two of another world series featuring the astros never gets old ben really appreciate you again this week and i look forward to seeing you soon Yep, absolutely. I will be down there in just a couple of days. I'm pumped up for sure. It's pretty cool. You mentioned it. It's it's. This is my second second year doing what I do for for work, and I've been in Houston both World Series. So this one involves my brother. So it's certainly going to be very special. Yeah, hopefully the outcome is even more special this time around. We'll look forward to seeing you on Friday, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, Ben. Thanks. All right, sounds good, guys. Thanks. Ben Verlander here on Sports Talk 790. Yeah, it's you forget. I mean, I don't think you, well, maybe I don't know. Justin Verlander wasn't a part of last year's run to the World Series. It's just that sentence is insane when you think about it. And uh, you're reminded of that when you hear his brother on with us each and every week here on the show. We will get to the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Astros playoff run so far. When we come back for our signature segment here on the A-Team Sports Talk 790. You know what's ugly, Wex? Uh, joint pain that's chronic and won't go away. And someone who's told you, well, the only solution for that is that you have some surgery and then some downtime. If somebody's telling you that, first of all, turn the other direction and run away from them as best you can with the joint pain that you're uh, you're experiencing. But if it's you know your knees, your hips, your shoulder, or your back, any place on your body where chronic joint pain is debilitating. QC Kinetics has an answer for you that is not only more effective, but it's probably better all scenario for you. Yeah, for those of you that are suffering from joint pain, uh, the only thing more constant than the Astros going to the World Series and winning ALCS is, is the fact that it is keeping you from living the life you want to live. The constant pain, it can be a thing of the past. With QC Kinetics and their advanced regenerative medicine, they want to restore and repair that damaged joint tissue. They want to give you your life back. Hips, shoulders, elbows, they can all be treated with the natural biologics from your own body. 713-913-5285 is the number to call. They can get you set up with that free consultation. They have appointments available right now, so get into QC Kinetics. All natural treatment gets you the lasting relief that you well, you really need. QC Kinetics, 713-913-5285. 713-913-5285 for QC Kinetics. Now, the good. Oh, good. The bad. That's not good. And the ugly. Don't make me get ugly. With the A-Team. We're showing you the good, the bad, the ugly, the ugly. Signature segment time. Wex, Clanton, Joe George. I love it. With you. Good, bad, and the ugly. Astros edition only. Plenty of other sports took place this weekend. Uh, The first pick six of the season took place in Vegas. 
for number 10. But it's not going to fit in here because the good, bad, the ugly is Astros only. I'm ugly. Joe, ooh, he is bad. Joe, you get to wait until AC gives us good. I mean, is there's, there's not really a... It's the pitching. I mean, okay, Joe, you got the bat. It's. I mean, what else oh, am I supposed to more? say? Because the thing is, we've talked about coming it for, off of their most poorly pitched game of the series. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Too. This is. I, I'm going to say this, and I love Lance. This is why I don't mind that Javier went in Game Three. Now they ended up winning, so it didn't matter. But if Lance does that in Game Three and they lose, it really could completely change. So I don't think it, the outcome has changed. But it gives them life. Well, you know. Nestor so, in other her. words, the good was How Lance good holding out his right elbow to be hit with a, as he corrected himself yesterday, a sparkling wine, sparkling wine bottle, not yeah. champagne, but sparkling but wine. You know what? Because otherwise, he might have pitched in Game Three. And since we're, since I have you guys here, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not really sure why they would have done that anyway. What? Gone with him in Game Three? Were they worried about Javier's time off? I don't know. Javier owns the Yankees. He owns more than the Yankees. On that, staff. he has unreal stuff. He had unreal stuff at the beginning of the he season. He owns them in that building in the middle of the season. Right at the end of the season, and he just doesn't get. It's not even a Yankees thing. He doesn't get hit. He had the best batting average against in baseball. He doesn't give up hits. There's not a lot of traffic unless he can't find the strikes on which he actually did have a little trouble doing. But because the Yankees have no patience and his stuff is very swing and missy, he got a lot of those. So pitching him in game three, I think, was kind of the only way to go. And I don't know if that's really true or not. But the extra day given to Lance, Lance had trouble putting hitters away, had trouble uh, finding the zone, not I shouldn't say finding the strike zone. But he ended strong. He had trouble finding the umpire's strike zone. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'll take over. There you go, Joe. (laughs) Uh, Man, it was from game one through the end for the Astros, for the Yankees. It was an all-time display of why we need robot umpires. The zones in all of these games for both sides were atrocious. Wex and I were multitasking with the Rockets game the other night and watching the Astros, and I thought Wex was going to have an aneurysm with how bad some of these misses were. It was just, it was so bad. Like, these umps, these are the biggest moments of a sport, and for every umpire for four games to have a trash zone and not be able to call strikes and balls the way they're supposed to be, be inconsistent within their own zones, it was just bad, and it showed why those guys all need to be replaced because they all suck at their jobs. Yeah, again, without getting too far into something that's not really worthy of getting too upset about because it's just the way it is and it stinks, but just yesterday's game, definitely for both sides, the umpire was extremely inconsistent, which is the only okay, but at least he was consistent. I right. hate that. Because it still means they're wrong, but at least the hitters can stand in the box and have an idea of what they're supposed to do. But he was very inconsistent. The savages in the box? Uh, I don't think we pulled that last night. But during the interview in Clubhouse with our own Steve Sparks, Lance McCullers' walk-off soundbite was, Oh yeah, we're the only savages here. Oh, that's so good. Are you ready for the ugly? Yes. It's too All right, baby. The only savages are right here. 
All right, baby. Oh, that is so Let, Let's hear that funny. nice and clean again, if, if you don't mind. All right, baby. The only savages are right here. I love that, dude. dude. That is an absolute throat punch. He could pitch three times over the next two seasons, and Lance McCullers is still the king. I love him. Okay, so the ugly is going to include two people that are on this show. What? Two. There's three. But only two are involved in Thank the God, ugly. I'm so good looking. So earlier in the show, you guys were talking about the nastiness of one of the Yankees relievers. You remember? Jonathan Loisaga? Yeah, lasagna. And the tremendous broadcasting crew of Brian Anderson, Frenchie, and the guy who my wife couldn't place but knew she hated. Uh, could not stop saying. Or did not like Ron Darling. The king of soft contact. Oh my gosh! Oh, the sucks. king of so- three different batters that inning all had very, very, very soft contact, and bats were broken, and they said it a million times. Oh, I know where this is going. Hector Neris came into the game and proceeded to have two, the first two hitters he faced, deliver exceptionally soft contact. Now I jumped in early. The first batter that had very soft contact off Hector Neris. I was waiting for Ron. I was waiting for Jeff. I was waiting for Brian to say it. They had totally forgotten about soft contact pitchers and what their name should be. So I put it out there on Twitter. Is Hector Neris the king of soft contact too? Question mark. He got soft contact on the next batter. The batter after that was Harrison Bader. Mm. And he hit his fifth home run of the postseason and just absolutely smashed a baseball over the fence. But it was the timing of when I sent that to when the people saw it and to when they responded was brilliant. <laughs> like Mr. Yeah telling me didn't age well. Um, no. Uh, bro, that was poorly timed. Uh, same person responded to me twice, less than a minute apart. And the first response was, yes, exclamation point. And then he came back a second later and said, no. I got a lot of those. So sometimes an ill-timed or placed tweet can can bite you. Can you? Would you agree? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yesterday, around around nine fifty-seven and eighteen seconds last night. Please read all of them. By I way. got a tweet from Joe George. He's in a group chat. Is a text. text. It's called? Excuse me. A text. It's called on my phone. It's called the A Team. Yeah, it's funny because it's on my phone and it's called the same thing. <laughs> weird. Me AC too. Joe. <laughs> That's weird. And myself. So, hat tip to AC. He's not one of two of the three that are ugly in this segment. Just nice. me and Joe. Whoa. Joe t- t- texts the text above. to the three of us says, how we feeling? <laughs> I immediately responded because he was obviously thinking it was Wednesday and we were bit stealing. And I said, did Ross hack your phone? <laughs> and then Harrison Bader homered and Joe said, not good now. Uh, laughing crying emoji. I said, great job, Joe. Clanton cursed at him and asked him why he texted that. <laughs> and then? Seth well, Meyers' gift. Okay, says, goodbye. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> and then I didn't text you guys again until after the game. Because you're smart. You know what, though? I felt like my life was in danger for like a moment there. In, wow. in baseball, probably more than in any of the other sports. Yeah. At a moment's notice, a 180 in what's taking place. And we experienced change. it. In the ugly of the Astros only edition of our signature segment today, the good, the bad, 
and the ugly comments from Joe and Wex. We will continue with a lot of of uh, Astros discussion as they are in their fourth World Series in six years. We'll be telling our grandchildren about this era in Astros baseball. It's a ground ball well too, eh? Over to first. They've done it! Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You think? Are you Are you predicting? Or are you kind of... I mean, that, that's what happened the first time. Well, yeah, that's true. And, it, and the ground ball should do it. And it did. Should do it. It's going to be a different, different guy on the call if it does happen this year. Um, but we'll continue. On the TV to, side. That's true. That's absolutely true. Um, but where are you going to be watching the game? And what kind of vision are you going to be watching it with? Because if you have not taken advantage of Berkeley Ice Center, well, I can't tell you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That you'll for sure be watching the Astros in the World Series with better than 2020 vision. But if you have taken advantage of Berkeley Eye Center, then obviously you know what I'm talking about. Here's the deal. For those of you that are on the fence or for those of you who have questions about this very subject, it's an exciting month for the Astros. It's also an exciting month over at Berkeley Eye Center where they are not only extending their $1,500 in LASIK savings, but they're also introducing a new reversible implantable contact lens procedure called EVO. So whether you're ready to have LASIK and save $1,500 or have been told you're not a candidate for LASIK and you're considering the new EVO procedure, call their specialists at 713-536-EYES and let them customize a vision correction plan for you. Learn more about their $1,500 in LASIK savings or their new EVO procedure at Berkeley Eye Center by calling 713-526-EYES. That's 713-526-EYES. Or find them online at berkeleye.com. If you can buy Astros gear on it, you can hear us on it. Listen live for free on any smart device. Back at you here on a Monday edition of the A-Team. Wex Clanton, Joe George here with you. Another American League championship for the Astros taking care of the Yankees in two games in New York after taking two of the games here in Houston. So a clean sweep, just like the three-game sweep of the Mariners. Seven games, seven wins. Astros need four more uh, to become World Series champions for a second time. Among the things specifically on the Astros we've discussed today and have welcomed you in on the show on those topics, 713-212-5790. We're about to jump back into some of the phone conversation here. Uh, some of the moments that stand out most strongly to you so far this postseason for the Astros, any direction you'd like to go with that, feel free. Like if it was a, an opponent's chant in New York or Philadelphia or a specific home run or a double play turn or Chaz Chomp, whatever, have at it, 713-212-579, or anything else Astros-related. Another different 
championship series MVP for the Astros. Four of the nine players. And or 10 players in the Astros lineup on uh, Friday in Game 1 against the Phillies coming up will be Astros. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ALCS MVP award winners. Verlander, the starter, starting pitcher, along with Pena, Altuve, and Alvarez. That's pretty strong. Get you in on the conversation here. And uh, welcome, uh, Robert. Very patient and appreciate that from you, Robert. What's going on? Hey, A-Team, how you guys doing? Awesome. Hey, um, I just wanted to, um, can I go to a different series? Sure. Or, or year, does it matter? Uh, so, I got to say, Game 5 of the 17 World Series is just, that's, I think that's the all-time greatest game in uh, Astros playoff history. And, I mean, you just had big hits from everybody from both sides. You had the intense, nail-biting, like, uh, extra innings and, you know, and, and your big guys stepped up. And I would have to say this year is, uh, is obviously the Alvarez walk off. I mean, it's just to be down four runs, get a big hit, big two run home run from Bregman and then come, you know, and then the, obviously the way Dusty managed it and, and shut them down to keep it that close. And, you know, big, big, uh, at bats from Hensley and Pena. And, and I'm just, I'm so happy for Jeremy Pena. I mean, it's just, you know, like coming into the season, you know he had huge uh, pressure on him and shoes the field, coming behind the, you know, Correa. And it's just, he's just stepped up so huge. And uh, I'm just so happy for him. And uh, thanks for taking my call. You got it, Robert. Appreciate you joining us there. This postseason as a whole kind of was all encapsulated in what happened in that game he was talking about because we could literally have 50 moments from that one game you go over the course of this postseason or maybe that game one most closely resembles it specifically because uh, the Astros had to come back down four nothing with Verlander on the mound after two innings down six uh, two after the Mariners batted in the fourth inning and you knew Justin's afternoon was over at that point in time got a run back there uh, bullpen gave up the one run they did in that game when Christian Javier uh, was taken over the fence. And then the Astros got the two-run homer from Bregman in the eighth and the walk-off home run, three-run shot from Alvarez in the place went absolutely berserk, as it should. Mike joining us here on the show. What's going on, Mike? Hey, guys. How are y'all? Awesome. Good, good. Um, I had a couple things. Uh, first thing I wanted to say is my Astros playoff moment, it's pretty much been the seven games as a whole. They've shown so much resiliency. It's like they have the best record in the American League, but they're playing like they're the underdogs. I mean, every game is a dog fight. And they're, you know, they're showing their, what they're capable of doing, even without Altuve playing good. And, you know, just some of the inconsistencies that he's shown. But, I mean, the team as a whole just looks awesome right now. And second thing, uh, it was earlier you were talking about Asher's all-time greatest team. Um, I know you just said 17 is the team that brought home the, the trophy, but I think 19 is considered the best team. And I think just because A.J. has a couple of managing mishaps, 
is what really cost them that series against the Nat. And but in my opinion, this team is probably poised to be the best Ashes team ever, even if they don't break home the trophy. Uh, comparison, New England, they have all those trophies, but we consider the 07 team, the one that lost the Super Bowl to the Giants, the best football team ever. So, um, just, you know, my thoughts on it. Uh, what you guys have to say. Thanks. No, that's a good analogy with the, uh, the Patriots, who were brought up by Bob Costas last night, you know, as it pertains to so franchises that win a lot. Sixteen and zero. We're caught cheating. Yeah. Two playoff wins mm-hmm. and then a Super Bowl loss. So eighteen and zero going into the game against a close Super Peyton's Bowl brother, loss. Just and they like lost. the Astros and the Nats. So it doesn't eliminate them from the conversation of greatest Patriots team ever. And is <sighs> because to me it would. Yeah. Even if they only had one or two titles. Well, that's what I was. It's pretty say. easy to knock them out when there's, there's seven title seven. teams to compare them to. I think the right. only thing that's like what's different. About these though, with like that eighteen and one season, you also have Tom Brady's single greatest season of all time. I mean, him and Randy set the all time touchdown record that season, right? Randy was just. Uh, I mean, plan. so it's just like Randy Moss. Oh, Randy Moss. Okay. That is a disgusting act. <laughs> like I just that's where I think I I really am like you have to win a World Series to be the greatest team. I think that to me is like the one exception because. They went 18 and 1. They lost a game in which Eli Manning had to make remarkable plays. And Tyree had uh, to catch Tyree, it off his face. Mario Manningham had a great catch in the yeah, game. So I did feel Plaxico. bad for Mario Manningham. Mario Manningham his catch was, was awesome. ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. It was so good. Ridiculous, yeah. yeah. But he didn't use his helmet. So. But he didn't use his helmet. That's true. <laughs> Stupid. And both of them were being so thrown to by Astros Eli. So if the Astros were titleless, uh-huh. would there be any discussion? They've had a World Series team that lost to the White Sox, World Series team in 2017. We're hypothetically saying they didn't win 2019 against the Nats and then 2020 against the Braves and now this year. If they had not won in 2017, we would not be discussing this. It would automatically be that. Or would that bring the 98 team back into the discussion? If there's no title? No World Series visit even for 98. No postseason series win at all. Well, no. But is with the fact that nobody else had won one again hypothetically would they now be back in the conversation? I don't here's the thing. I don't think so and let me tell you why. Um even with that 05 team that finally did get to not only, you know, winning series the year prior and then getting to the World Series in 05, they just that 98 team even with Randy Johnson and all that, it was the same old same old from the offense that we always saw every year that was they were perpetual disappointments. Every single time. Oh, they made the postseason. Well, it's time for them to completely turtle when they get up to the plate because they always did. This era, like, just farts in the general direction of that Astros era. It just does. You couldn't even put these two in the same stratosphere because this team, this this you know run of teams that the Astros have had over the past six, seven years, like, they would destroy that other team if they were to match up with them. And pitching... Too could you could I mean I know they had Pettit and Clemens and Oswald and Brandon Backey but like I'm sorry the, the, like the relievers and all it's just it's there's no contest. Are you ready? Yeah, minutia time. Oh, I thought you were gonna go with numbers. Uh, I have some numbers for you. Okay, so would you say turtling would be in a four game series batting 182 as a team? It's not great. It's certainly not peacocking. It's it's not peacocking. So they we're weren't, with uh, animal they weren't throwing here. up their f- their feathers. Would you like to tell me 
all one of the Astros that homered in that four-game series against the Padres in 98? In 98? Uh, oh, gosh. It's going to be some random dude, right? Uh, gross hands? Did he hit a homer? Uh, no, he was three for 16. All singles hit 188. Moises. Disgusting. Moises was three for 16. Jeff was two for 14. Oof. Craig was two for 11. Carl Everett was two for 13. Derek Bell, who homered in that series. He's the guy. Went two for Operation 14. Shutdown? He went two for 16. He hit 125. The team hit 182. Basically, what Everybody you saw was Altuve. in this four-game series against the Yankees, that was the Astros' offense. They couldn't hit San Diego pitching, period. They scored eight runs in four games. How many runs did they score in the 05 World Series? Uh, a few more than that. But it wasn't much. No, it wasn't. But Mike, they also, Mike Lamb was your starting third baseman. He had some pretty good moments in it's his just, Astros postseason career or career in general. Like any of those teams the, at the end of the decade, and then the the even the the Astros hit a robust two oh three in the World Series. The only team that can fourteen even, runs in four games. The only that's, that's enough. Like past three era, and a half runs per Astros team from a lineup standpoint that I think could like flirt with a conversation with these guys is the oh four team because they had Kent and they had Beltron just he was on one like it, Beltron hit. Eight homers prior to the World Series, That's right? what all these guys do in this this run. Uh, the three Astros who hit solo, or each hit one home run in that series, in 05, mm-hmm. in the World Series. You named one already, uh, Mike Lamb. He had one of their three home runs. Did Bagwell hit a home run? No, 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 no. Not in his eight at-bats where he got one hit. For some reason, I thought he had. Berkman? Nope. I'm out. <laughs> it wasn't Biggio. Nope. Uh, we talked about him this last week when we were over at the ballpark. Maybe off the air. No, nah, there's no Morgan Ensberg homered. Oh, okay. And Jason Lane. Lane, Jason Lamb, and Ensberg. The Astros that homered in a series that also featured Bagwell, Berkman, Biggio. Mike Lamb was game one, wasn't it? Oh, now you're asking for even more minutia. We got much more to get to continuing on this Monday after the Astros advance to the World Series again. Here on the 18. Never gets boring, never get tired of it. And at the top of the hour, we will talk to Brian T. Smith about it because he was in the Big Apple this weekend. I want to talk to you right now, though, about your vehicle situation. If you're not in what you want to be, and if you've been kind of like waiting to pull the trigger on a new or pre-owned vehicle, why don't you go ahead and just get nudged on over to the other side where Classic Chevy and Sugarland and Classic Chevy Highway 6 are waiting on you. It's Monday, which means the Highway 6 location was open yesterday on a Sunday like it is every weekend. The Sugarland location is the GM dealer of the year for 12 years in a row. That means they know what they're doing, and they're better than everybody else at it. Sounds familiar, right? Well, tons of Silverados are also available at both locations for $5,000 off right now. And as Wex mentioned, it's Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian owning both locations. Jeff is a diehard Astros fan, diehard Houston sports fan, as a matter of fact. And he is all about what's going on right now, but he's also all about getting you uh, the opportunity to look at more inventory than anyone else out there and basically making sure that you're treated better than anywhere else out there. The amazing staff and crew at both locations of a family-owned and operated business, they're going to take care of you. 
And whether it's new, pre-owned, or anything else as far as what kind of vehicle you're looking to get into, just know that you're getting into a place that is going to have you in good hands and is going to show you what it means to relax and enjoy the difference. It's Classic Chevy in Sugarland and Classic Chevy Highway 6. Tell the Madam Clanton from Sports Talk 790 sent you in. You've got more AD Adam Planton and Adam Wexler on Sports Talk 790. Home for your home teams. Can we uh, address something that we haven't in nearly two hours of being on the air talking about this Astros sweep? Sure. What the bleep were Yankees fans thinking on Mon- Monday night? It was a week ago tonight. They were. Still alive. Presumably had a fighter's chance at winning this series. Not really, but we, we knew better. And they're, they got through a, a tough series with the Guardians. They're outside their stadium. They're going on to the CS, and they're chanting, we want Houston. What's wrong with that? That's fan stuff. Have the Astros ever chanted that they want they have now. A team. Now they're saying it. We yeah. want Houston. You, or I thought the chant was, you got Houston. Well, that's There's not a, a chance. Of it. So if you missed it, before the series started with the Yankees, the Yankees fans hit the streets after they snuck by the Guardians. The Guardians who have a pretty good pitching staff, which was what the pro-Yankees, we need them to advance group, was talking about this entire series with the Astros, even though the Yankees couldn't hit at all. Well, I mean, they face the Guardian staff, and I mean, the arms that they have there in their bullpen, and now the Astros staff in their bullpen. I mean, what do you, I mean, how could anybody? Um, it's the playoffs. You face good pitching. Go figure. Yeah. And when Aaron Judge can't carry your team like he did during the season, you stink. Said it about 80 billion times. Once Aaron Judge played unlike an MVP, and when you go one for 16 with four Ks, a single, single in a four game set, that's unlike an MVP. Their offense completely cratered, turtled, if you will, Yeah, it did. in this series around him. So their fans cranked out the, we want Houston chance. Then the Astros beat them. If you were listening last night to our good friend Steve Sparks in the Astros clubhouse, it's been an awesome tradition that keeps getting more and more juice. Robert hangs out in the booth after the game and goes back and forth with Steve, who's made his way down to the clubhouse. Spent a lot of time on the field, the players did, after the win, a lot more than usual, before Mm -hmm. getting in there and going berserk. Uh, So Steve was continually setting the scene. Uh, The Astros had Justin Verlander speak during the season when they made their way to the postseason and began that celebration. They had Lance McCullers speak after they advanced past the Mariners. By the way, this was Lance's third consecutive postseason start in a potential Astros clinching game. They've won them all. I'm just saying. And last night, it was Martin Maldonado's turn to set off the celebration. He was given the proverbial floor or microphone. Uh, the floor was wet, and there is no microphone. But he was the one who spoke to the team. It was pretty brief, if we have it here, what Martin said to his teammates. They outlawed us. They got us. And they got swag. <laughs> they asked for us. They got us, and they got swept. He's the best. And then earlier in the evening, since the Phillies had taken care of business, that's Phillies 
fans. That doesn't sound very convicted, yesterday. by the way. That sounds like some but of them see, are in the crowd like, whoa, 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 guys. I, I, I think it's uh, it's different because like they ha- they don't have a history, a recent history, and like they're going back to the World Series. The difference is, and you're right, th- what they want is... They know the Astros are going to win. Yeah. They know who their opponent is. They want to get to the World Series. We want Houston. Let's go. Let's get it on. Let's battle with we these guys. We want the series to begin. Like I'm not going to use that. Like In every open I made, through the three times we did it over the ALCS, because it's such a short series, we used it every time. Like I, I'm not going to use that for Philly because their fans aren't stupid idiots. Well, there's nothing behind it. Yeah, it doesn't hit the same. Like it yeah. just it doesn't yeah. mean anything to like it shouldn't mean anything to Astros fans. They're just excited that they're in the World Series. The Yankees fans, you got what you asked for. You lost for the fourth time. Exactly, like, oh, man. That is just straight up ownage. It's and there is again just a tiny bit of postseason history, National League postseason history between the Astros. And the Phillies. I know some of our listeners were around for it. The year before I was born, you mean? Yeah. Zero of the Astros players should be asked about it. It's of zero consequence to them. Think about the rivalry. I mean, if you you find somebody formerly with the organization that if Cheo's roaming around and he threw out one of the ceremonial first pitches this postseason, if you want to ask Jose about, you know, the 80 series between them, then by all means, go right ahead. But it should not be asked of any of these players. About any kind of um, revenge, a rivalry, or anything, it was it was part of the time when the Astros could not get over the. They hump. should be thanking the Astros for Brad Lidge and, and even the Rockets at a certain point, and the Oilers. They had so many of the greatest postseason series moments, games, but they all had the exact same ending: the Rockets, the Astros, or the Oilers. They lost them all. The Phillies series with Houston in 80 was insane. Phillies won game one, and then the final four games of that best of five series went extra innings. All four of them. With the Astros extending that, obviously, to a fifth game, which they lost 8-7 in 10 innings, when the Phillies scored five times in the eighth inning of a game the Astros were leading 5-2. to two. All right. The Astros still pushed it to extras themselves, but lost. Yes. All right, um, we're going to catch up with our good friend Brian T. Smith of the Houston Chronicle. Normally, we talk a lot of football with him on a on a Monday after a uh, NFL weekend, but he was in New York and he has thoughts and has already written some of them in the Chronicle about the Astros' run to yet another World Series berth. We will catch up with him when we come back here on the A Team. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A Team. Five o'clock on a Monday afternoon edition of the Eighteen. That means a visit with the Chronicles. Brian T. Smith, Chronicle columnist, who was hanging out in the tiny Apple this weekend. So tiny. With the New York Yankees. Got to see the last at bat and pinstripes for Aaron Judge. And what? got to see the last game managed as Yankee manager by Aaron Boone. Man, look at Wex is just dismantling the team. Astros advance to the World Series again, fourth time. In six seasons, what uh, what angle did you enjoy right. the most in uh, yesterday's final game, finishing off the sweep of the New York Yankees? You know, uh, it's a, that's a good question, Wex, because there are a billion things to get into, right? I mean, freaking Jeremy Pena and 
Jose Altuve and we want Houston and Yankee Stadium and, and you know, Aaron Boone. And, then, you know, I, I took a photo and got a little lucky running into it after the celebration. Actually, a very nice moment with Aaron Boone. Waited for a couple minutes outside the Astros clubhouse to give Dusty Baker congratulations and a hug. And they had a, a brief private conversation. But I, I think this, the thing that stands out to me, actually, more than anything, is, is just just seeing Dusty Baker these last two celebrations uh, in Seattle where he went absolutely crazy. I mean, he's 73 years old. I don't know what I'll be doing when I'm 73. If I'm still on planet earth, I won't be partying like dusty Baker and uh, for dusty to, to, to say, you know, well, if you're going to party, you might as well party to paraphrase the Astros manager. I mean, he continues to do that, but just what this run, the team, the fan base, this era means to him uh, for as much as we used to talk about A.J. Hinch, this is clearly Dusty Baker's era. And, you know, I'm not allowed to root for the Astros, right? I, I have to try to, to take the big picture and, and be 50,000 feet above, et cetera, et cetera, for the Houston Chronicle. That's my job. But I can say this. Uh, it, you know, the last couple of years, it's been, well, can they win one for Dusty? If you're going to get this close and be this good, perfect in the postseason, sweep the freaking Yankees out of Yankee Stadium and have the pitching and have the defense and have the hitting, all those things. It's not that Dusty Baker deserves one one. He should win one this year. This should be his year, and he's so darn close to it right now. Is that the biggest compliment you could pay Dusty Baker in all of his career as a player, as a manager, everything that he's done, 2,000-plus victories, everything else, the fact that he took over the situation that he did, that he filled the shoes more than admirably of the departed A.J. Hinch, whatever circumstances, and that those players, especially last night, so clearly want to win this for him, that's as big an accomplishment as anything else he will ever put on his resume. It truly is, Clint. I mean, and this is somebody, I mean, you know, not that long ago, I and everyone associated Dusty Baker with the Chicago Cubs, right? And, you know, Alou and Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor and Bartman, all that stuff. That feels like three or four decades ago. That's not even, obviously it's a part of his history, but that's not even a part of his current active career right now. I mean, you're talking about, you know, and then the Giants with Bonds, right, and lifting his son up at home plate. That feels like decades ago now because the Astros have been through so much. They've, they've dealt with so much. They've overcome so much. I mean, these last – obviously you had the Corona year where really it was like Chandler Rome covering the Astros in empty ballparks, and that was about it, uh, in the playoffs. But these last two years and, the, you know, the regular season, you know, being on the road with this team and being in Yankee Stadium and being at – whatever the heck the Mariners call their ball, ballpark and truest park and, you know, on and on and on and listening to these crowds go after this team and for the team to respond and not just answer, but to keep winning at such a high level. This is, you know, I said this last night, I wrote it in the Chronicle. This is the best I've ever seen the Astros. I mean, they were really good in 17. They were really good in 19, but they were not this complete they, they, and they weren't this dominant. I mean, even in 17, right, they kept taking seven-game series, and, you know, they, they were still proving themselves. In 19, they had Cole and Verlander and Greenkey, uh, but, but was the team overall as good and as dominant? No, because, you know, they, they, they lost the first two World Series games at home. They, they, they meandered a bit at times. This team, the way that they play under Dusty Baker, it's basically like 
he lets them completely be themselves. He does not overmanage. He's been very smooth to these first seven games with his coaching staff. Uh, this, th- this is, this, this is the best part of his career as a player and a manager. And I'm at the point where I don't think of anything with Dusty Baker except he is the manager for the Astros. They are, they, they are four wins away from winning it all again. And this is truly his team. And I know Jim Crane probably doesn't like me to bring it up, but it just blows my mind that he doesn't have a contract next season. And he got a little iffy uh, in Yankee Stadium about whether he actually wanted to come back next year. And no, nobody wants to talk about that right now. I, just, I, I find it constantly interesting because he has been so good and so right for this team after everything they went through in 2020. They have a team that clearly looks poised to do exactly that, get something for him that he's been unable to get. It's amazing that in his uh, managerial career, he has two 100-win teams, regular season teams, this one obviously, and his very first season. But this season, six teams make the playoffs. The first season he was a manager in San Francisco, his team won 103 games and missed the playoffs because only two teams made it. Only the two division winners. Baseball was so hard back then, right, Wex? Like that, the, good old, the good old days when, when, you know, what, 12, 14 teams didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> it's insane. The difficulty in this game makes me ask you this. I think it happened. Do you think it happened? At the end of this series, they just finished with the Yankees. Jordan Alvarez was in an 0-for slump after what he did against yeah. Seattle. And then he started hitting lasers late in this series. And Altuve found some hits out there against Cole with the double. A couple of weaker ones, but nonetheless hits yesterday. Am I talking myself into it? Or did it happen that both Alvarez and Altuve may be added to Pena and Yuli and Bregman that are in a groove? Yeah, this is what's crazy, right? And Chandler had this in his, his gamer. And by the way, I'll just say this on the record on 790. Chandler Rome writes really good game stories on deadline. Congrats. Tip of the cap to him. Uh, I believe Chandler had this stat in his gamer. I was reading it at 5.30 a.m. in an in a, in a Uber to LaGuardia. Uh, it was like Altuve, maybe Alvarez and Tucker, but their combined numbers in this series were obviously not good. And the Astros still swept, I mean swept the Yankees and won the last two games and came back from two deficits last night in the rain in game four. And I bring that up because, you know, to your point, what's it going to be like for this team if Alvarez gets going again, if Altuve gets going? And I definitely, without question, saw in game four, Alvarez, I remember I was sitting in the box talking to, uh, to Matt Young, one of other reporters, Alvarez got locked in. I mean, he, yeah. he was he was making hard contact. He had that nice double. There, there's there's something that happens when Alvarez locks in where he just smacks the hell out of the ball, right? We saw it in that the, the walk off. And when he connects like that, what do you do with this team? When when Trey Mancini, who's getting close to getting going, when 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 you know if if he gets going, Altuve gets going. That's the thing. They are seven and zero. They haven't lost since October 3rd. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's three weeks now. And two or three of their best hitters, Tucker, Altuve, and Alvarez, were struggling in the ALCS. So that's what, out of everything else, pitching staff, bullpen, which has just been incredible, the chemistry, the confidence, that's what makes me, at this point, as we speak, so confident, more confident than ever, the Astros are going to do this. I don't see how they don't unless there's just a complete collapse because they are this good and 
they're going to have some time off. But if Jordan Alvarez gets going again, what does Philadelphia do? I mean, I respect the Phillies lineup, and their pitching is actually pretty solid, and they pretty, play pretty solid defense, and they have been hot. But I don't know how the Astros don't win this in four, five, or six, whatever it's going to be, if, if they finish, if they start in game one and two at Minute Maid Park like they finished in games three and four at Yankee Stadium. Peek behind the curtain here in studio before I cede the floor to uh, Mr. Clanton for a question for you, Mr. Smith. Um, yep. Eight for 43. I was looking up the stats hey, hey, for that, those that, that three. 186 yeah. batting average with no home yeah. runs in this series. And I could not have rolled my eyes any harder and shook my head back and forth. No way about Trey Mancini. Looks like he might be getting it. Your turn. <laughs> Go ahead. It's, well. uh, no, Mancini, made good con- Mancini had good contact in game three. Game four, he was a little off. Uh, I, I, I think he's starting to find out now how will they handle him, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but but – the, the, the thing is with the Astros lineup, and they had it at some point this season and it fell away, if you can get it from six to seven or eight when you're lengthening it and you don't have a hole at the bottom when, you know, Chaz is hitting, uh, you know, Vasquez is hitting, whatever it is, that's when they are unbeatable. And, and that's what they got to again in games three and four. Go, go ahead, Clint. Well, to, to his credit, too, he was asked about – well, he was just being talked to and, and you know admitted, obviously, his struggles and also said, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's not about me. It's about the team. And I think between him and Lance McCullers, uh, they've given some pretty good insight into how these guys operate on a day-to-day basis. And it's, it's very evident on the field with the results – but it's also something that we all here in Houston, I think, kind of figured out when the whole scandal happened. You're either going to you know, come together even more or it's going yeah. to destroy you. And I think we've gotten the answer. By the way, I need to ask on that note, uh, where on your bingo card was Dusty Baker quoting Tupac? <laughs> Dusty Baker in, in, the, in the same pregame press conference before game four, uh, when you don't even know if you're going to get it in, Name drop Fifty Cent and Jim Cantori from the Weather Channel. I mean, that is that is like only Dusty Baker could could, could do that. That's it. <laughs> but no, but 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 to, to your question and to your point, that's that's the other part of all this, right? Is you know, go back to fifteen. Sixteen was kind of a messy year, uh, and you you had some players who screwed things up. Fifteen and seventeen. What did we talk about? The chemistry, the culture, the commitment, the sack, you know, all those key words. And you had it in 19, and you had it in 20, but the fact that this team was basically supposed to break, they were supposed to be destroyed, uh, we knew in Houston, if you covered the team, if you were around the team, if you watched the team religiously in, in, in 15 and, and 17, right, you knew how good they were. They didn't have to cheat. Okay, everyone was cheating. You know, like, let's not go down that rabbit hole. But they were so damn good and they're so good right now and you know at the core it's even if he's not hitting it's the the focus the dedication the determination that Altuve has I mean the stuff that he hears and and just the endless screaming inside Yankee Stadium and they answer it and that that's what they've done for the last two years the last three years now and I I just believe and you make a great point Clinton it's built up this collective will, this collective heart, this determination, and you throw someone like Jeremy Pena in there. This guy's a rookie. <laughs> yeah, like he should not be doing this. He played thirty games at Triple A at, 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 at Sugarland, and he looks like the most confident player on the Astros right now because he feeds in 
to everything else going in that clubhouse, it's it's. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's absolutely, absolutely remarkable, and it'll be a damn shame if they don't finish this, finish this the right way. They, they really, really need to win four more games and just be able to shut everybody up for eternity. It would be fantastic. Real quick, since the next time we do talk yeah. to you, the, there will have been games played. Uh, just a prediction for the series early on here on a Monday before it starts? I want to respect the Phillies and say Astros in six, but the, with the way this team's playing, and I actually feel like having a break for both teams works in the Astros' favor, Astros in five. Wow. Wow, I did not expect that. All right, Brian T. Smith of the Houston Chronicle here on Sports Talk 790. You can find him on Twitter, at Cron Brian Smith, and he joins us here each and every Monday. Brian, appreciate the time. We'll catch up next week, but we'll see you sooner than that. All right, guys, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, and good stuff as always. Brian T. Smith here on Sports Talk 790. We've got plenty more to get to, including, in case you missed it, that's coming up next, but I want to tell you guys right now, Texas Mattress Makers, like talk about somebody who has not been able to enjoy their mattress from Texas mattress makers as much as I'd like to lately. But the sleep that I have gotten as little as it has been over the last week plus has been about as good as it could be. It's the best sleep, as a matter of fact, at the best price, and it's always guaranteed from Texas Mattress Makers. Go to their website, see what I'm talking about, texasmattressmakers.com. See what they're all about there. See how much TLC goes into every single one of their mattresses that they build for you, because that's what they do. They build you a mattress, and they only do that after they have fitted you for it. The specifications that you need for your body, for your body's needs, and for those of your partner, if you are sharing that mattress, can only come about from a place that is local here in Houston with the factory located right next to the original location, and they're going to fit you for that mattress so that you do get the best sleep at the best price guaranteed. You're also going to save up to 25% on select mattresses with a savings uh, dollar figure of up to $1,900 off, and that includes free delivery and free cooling technology. Go to the original on the east side of downtown at 4619 Navigation at the corner with Lockwood, or check out showrooms in Atascacita, Baybrook, Katy, the Woodlands, and or Richmond, Rosenberg. It's Texas Mattress Makers and TexasMattressMakers.com, the best sleep at the best price guaranteed. I'll always remember my friend Adam and my other friend Adam and maybe another Adam if they get another guy on the show. That's why they call this Splitting the Adam. Adam Clanton, Adam Wexler, and I don't give a sh- about either. The eighteen. Well, it is NFL Films music. But it's not always NFL topics when we get to In Case You Missed It. It is today. Oh, well, we've probably missed a lot more than we normally would have on a Monday because, well, the Astros are in the World Series, Joe. Yeah, we'll start here. Uh, the Texans lost. Okay, moving along. They lost 38-20. to 20. Davis Mills threw a pick six at the end of the game. You and I had the under and the Stone Cold locks, 45 and a half. I thought we were going to be okay. Yeah. It was 41, and then the pick six happened in those. 
Thanks, Davis Mills. Actually, no, it might have been over. No, it was over before the pick six because they were already at 51 points. Math is hard. Um, we got Before we get to the other NFL news and notes that we haven't gotten to today, because there's a lot that are, I think, really important. Um, there is a report out that the four finalists are in for the Miami Marlins job. Okay. Joe Espada is one of them. Uh, he is still in consideration reportedly for the White Sox job as well. But I've not seen any connection to the Royals job yet either. So yeah, I I think he's waiting to see if Dusty's going to retire and then make a move. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's not going to take a job right now anyways. But I think my guess is those conversations have happened. Mm-hmm. And I think the plan is Dusty's going to stay. I'm going to go on the record. Dusty's going to stay if they don't win the World Series. If they don't win. If they don't win. If they win the World Series, I think Dusty will retire right off into the sunset. That's kind of my feeling, even though I've been told by a very reliable source that you, if you don't want Dusty back for whatever reason, that you better hope they don't win the World Series. Yeah, so, that's. I mean, maybe he wants to keep going, yeah. but I, I do think you have to have a, a hard conversation with Dusty at some point and be like, "Look, we got to get our. We want Joe. To, we want Joe Espada to be the manager for the next 10, 15 years. We want him to continue this run, Dusty. Like, how much more time can you really do this? It's not an anti-Dusty thing. It's for the, the longevity of the franchise. What if Joe goes, Dusty stays, regardless? And then after next year, they bring back AJ. I could see that playing out too. If Joe I goes, honestly, that's the first step that has to happen. I thought I thought AJ was going to opt out and bail on the Tigers, but I mean, maybe he didn't like the jobs that were available. Honestly, yeah, no, I well, we all thought he was going to go to the White Sox. Yeah, and they screwed that up. Well, yeah, I mean, they could have tried to get him out of it now and and get him there for the upcoming season for the future, but they're not doing that either. It doesn't look like. I mean, he would. You talk about a hero's welcome, and it, it actually, honestly, can you come back? Yes. Dusty wins a World Series clean. Yeah. And then AJ comes back. But here's the deal. That sounds weird. If anything, this would make both managers' legacies even more over the top fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Dusty is already a Hall of Famer for me. It's not even close. I mean, what he's accomplished. I was talking to a bunch of friends from back home last night because we were trying to figure out how many times a team has gone to a World Series after firing their manager in the middle of the season like the Phillies did. I think that from what I could find, this is the third team to do it. It happened in the 70s. The Yankees fired a manager, and then they went to the World Series, and then very... Because Dusty Baker is just like... What's the thing when you're connected to everyone? Uh, what? what do they call it? I don't know what you're... I know what you're trying to say, but I don't know what when, you're trying like, to say. Every, um, six degrees of separation? Yes. Dusty Baker is the definition of six degrees of separation for I mean, the history a, of Major League a, Baseball. Because the last manager to get fired and that team to go to the World Series was the 2003 Marlins. And Steve Bartman cost the Cubs the, world's, the chance to go to the World Series. They beat Dusty Baker's Cubs. That team is the last team to fire a manager midseason and get to the World Series. How did it go for Steve Bartman after that? No one's hurt from him. (laughs) He's like in witness protection. He's a lawyer in Chicago, but he's in Chicago. Yeah, people found him. I thought he moved out. No, he's still there. Wow, he's never been back to a Cubs game though. But Dusty is just like it's incredible. Like he's the 
He could write the book of baseball. Now that the Cubs... He is the book of baseball. He is baseball. Him and Bruce Bochy, who I mean, just no, got but, hired. But Dusty is like, he's been there through everything from yeah. Hank Aaron and yeah. and the steroid era. And then now being here on the back end of the sign stealing stuff. Like every historical moment, Dusty Baker has real reference points to talk about why he didn't walk Judge when, you know... When Bonds would get walked with the bases loaded, you know who he is to me? It's insane. He is the closest thing to Bill Russell that baseball has. Like, from a generational standpoint, from a longevity standpoint, from an ambassadorship standpoint. Yeah, and it's just like, it's just because he played as a player and was just on Hank Aaron's team and, you know, connections to Jackie and everything. Like, just Dusty Baker, it's like... You could tell every important story in the history of baseball. He's there. I just watched the 30 for 30 about the World Series between the Giants and the A's when the bridge collapsed. 89. And Dusty Baker was a bench coach on that Giants team. (laughs) He's he's like, he's literally everywhere. Like, it's just, it's insane. All right. Here's all the NFL news. J.C. Jackson, uh, the cornerback with the big signing for the Chargers. He dislocated his kneecap. He is out for the season. Another bad loss for the Chargers. Every time I hear that injury, it, you get the goosebumps. Yeah, in it sounds like way. one of the worst ones, right? That you I could mean, have. I, uh, what happened to your kneecap? I dislocated it. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, Brees Hall, who was, I think it's pretty, pretty clear after the last two weeks, there was a three-man race for Rookie of the Year. Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, and now Kenneth Walker uh, from the Seahawks. Now Brees Hall out for the season with a torn ACL. So Oof. I think it's pretty cut and dry. It's going to come down to... Pierce and Kenneth Walker. I mean, Kenneth Walker has been an animal the last two weeks, and he's going to keep it that way now that Rashad Penny's out for the Seahawks. Um, and let's see what else is going on. Um, we'll get to the last one, the the Colts one last. Uh, the NFL is investigating uh, a referee for asking for an autograph from Galveston's own Mike Evans. So I'm surprised this doesn't happen more. Like, you're with these guys all the time. Now, maybe not an autograph, but, like, you're around people for... You see friendly conversations, yeah. but, like, an autograph is just... When you talk about integrity of the game, you can't do that. No, it's it's frowned upon, but it's hardly the worst integrity-related incident that the NFL or any sports league has had to deal with. Yeah, one more thing on the NFL. Uh, <laughs> I will never come on this show again if Tua, Tua Tagovailoa gets knocked unconscious and feel bad for that guy. He comes back and he's like dropping his head, running into people. Slide, dude. He doesn't. I mean, look, what are you but doing? He's the prototypical young athlete who is bulletproof no matter what. It just happens to be that his injury was very, very visible because it was on a Monday night. I know, but and, like you're coming back from getting knocked unconscious. They changed the concussion protocols for you, yeah. and you're dropping your skull that's, as you run into a cornerback. Like, what are you doing, man? That's the NFL. Pick your head up. Uh, Mac Jones officially back. Uh, for the Patriots tonight, so the Bailey Zappi era is over, and it is also the end of the Matt Ryan era already in Indianapolis. Dude, okay. He has a strained shoulder, so when I first saw it, it's Matt Ryan hurt, uh-huh. Sam Ellinger, we're back starting, uh-huh. and then the follow-up was, no, Sam is going to be our quarterback the rest of the season. I, we, we're on to you, Colts. We know what you're doing. Well, they have to fire, in my opinion, Chris Ballard and Frank Reich. It, because since 2018, they've had, I think it's 18, they've had Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, and now Sam as their quarterbacks. They can't get it right. They have, yeah. They've drafted two quarterbacks over the last 30 years. And, like, I get it. You don't need to draft a quarterback when you have Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. But 
The Patriots way is the right way. Draft a quarterback every other year. Well, but I know what they're doing. I can see it happening. And if you're a Texans fan that wants them to get whomever, maybe you don't want it. By the way, we need to start talking about this a little bit more now that we're you know nearing nearing the halfway point of the season. Should the Texans take anybody that's available at that position this yeah, year? Yeah, it's going to be a big question. I mean, I think the one takeaway from this weekend is that it's going to be really hard. When you look at the top of the draft board, if the Texans don't have the first or second pick, they're going to luck into Will Anderson from Alabama. Right. But honestly, that defense is so trash, and there's such a lack of talent on the Texans' defense right now. There's a couple pieces. Petrie, Stingley Jr., Christian Harris, uh, also from Alabama, had a good debut this weekend, it felt like. Their front seven's awful without Jonathan Grenard, even with them. If you take another defensive stud or two, whatever, and you wait another year because you've got Davis Mills on the cheap. Yeah. Then you get because it's I, to me it's more well, about this, who's coming out. This conversation's hilarious because you've always been. I, they're gonna yeah, but but if the quarterbacks coming out aren't one hundred percent locked. I like C.J. Stroud a lot, and I really like Bryce Young. The weight concerns me. The size. He's only like one hundred and eighty pounds. I think both those guys are worthy of the first and second pick in the draft, but the defense in this there's such a lack of talent because of the Bill O'Brien era still. If you wait a season, if you wait two seasons to draft a quarterback, if you give Nick Casario that time... Meaning this being one of them? No. Oh, so you're saying two more after this? Like, you'd have to go for, like, a big name in free agency or via trade at that point to get a quarterback, most likely. But, I mean, I like Caleb Williams coming out of USC. I know I'm higher than most. I'm probably, maybe... Ross and I are the only ones that feel this way, and I can't even say Ross feels this way. I love Quinn Ewers out of Texas, and he'll be draft eligible in 2024. Well, that'd be popular here in Houston. But, like, I think him and Caleb deal. Williams are good, too. I don't want... I want this to unfold like uh, the Seattle scenario did, where you have a cheap quarterback and a stud-filled defense, which is what you need anyway. Yeah, you it's, need the quarterback. Well, it's the best way to win. Look what look what all these young teams are doing. And I think he, the Cowboys are a great example, too. They had a great offensive line, yeah. good weapons. Zeke Elliott was in his prime, good defense. Which, by the way, maybe you use that high pick on yeah. an offensive lineman or another high pick on an offensive lineman, too, instead of a quarterback. Yeah. I, I, it's not because I think anything is great about Davis Mills. He's not the no, guy. No, but I think I think the longer the season goes, we're he's seeing... your Band-Aid. we got more holes. Your cheap Band-Aid as you pile on talent onto that roster to where you get a guy who is a surefire quarterback, and then you might be dangerous. I mean, right now you have two top five picks, so <laughs> let's go Browns, baby. Cleveland. All right. Um, that is in case you missed it. Still plenty more that we can get to as far as layers on what happened over the weekend and just in general on this Astros Thrill Ride. It's been just fantastic. And oh, by the way, we're here on the flagship home for your Astros Sports Talk 790. So keep it right here for all of the action because game one of the World Series 2022 edition is getting underway this Friday. Plenty more here when we come back here on the A-Team Sports Talk 790. Hey, it's Craig Ackerman. Listen to the home of the Rockets on your smart speaker. Just ask. Hey, Google, play Sports Talk 790 on iHeartRadio. I know we focus on the Astros, obviously. We haven't talked a lot. I mean, we, we touched on it a little bit with um, Ben Verlander, Joe, but I mean, the Yankees offseason has got to be like. It's going to be the most fascinating. I yeah. mean, 
Like, even Bob Costas is trying to will it into existence. Well, a judge is going to come back. The, the, the best money you put it on, judge coming back. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either because I think there are going to be other teams that are in the market for judge and are going to pay him what the Yankees are. And, and honestly, like, where are you as a franchise if judge leaves? I mean, you're, aren't you in tear down mode? I mean, I guess, I guess if they lose Judge, they're going to be like, well, let's go get Trey Turner or try to get Carlos Correa. You can, never, you, or, can, you can never really say you're in teardown mode if you're paying Garrett Cole $324 million, if you're paying Giancarlo Stanton, which you're paying no, you're right. him. No, you're right. So even if you, even if from a winning standpoint, you're much closer to being in teardown mode, because that sounds a lot like what team in the AL West? The Angels. Yeah. They've so, got a lot of money invested, yeah. and they're not having the wins to show for it. Yeah, I think, like, my guess is, like, if Judge is gone, they'll go after Trey Turner or Carlos. And just because we're talking about this and the Shohei Otani factor, since I brought the uh, yeah. Angels up, did you see what, what Lance McCullough said about the Mariners when he was talking no, about No, I, I missed that. So he was, he was this is in Jeff Passan's uh, article about, if you, if you saw it last night, Jeff Passan tweeted, the Astros are inevitable. And then he backtracked a little bit in today's article where he said, "Are the or is an Astros World Series win inevitable inside their pursuit of perfection? And one of the people he always goes to, and I've seen this multiple times, he always goes over to Lance McCullers in the clubhouse. And Lance was you know, hitting on a number of things, and he said this, and it was like, it, it, it makes sense, but I'm still surprised that he said it. Because it's just like it's a giant, it's a giant simultaneous fu to everybody else, including the Yankees, and it's also a giant compliment to the Mariners. He said, "Seattle." I said it the other day. I don't think anyone else could beat Seattle. They were playing unbelievable, and then we come here to New York once again. Close games. We just scratch, scratch and claw and find a way. But before that, he said it hadn't really hit him. He said, baseball is so hard, these teams are so good, and that's when he talked about Seattle and them being the only team that could probably beat them. He hadn't thought about the fact the Astros are undefeated in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean Wex has said this that like going into next season, the best two teams in the American League are the Astros and the Mariners. Yeah. And like I don't I don't think it's even close. Like, regardless, and it's so funny. As we're talking about Judge, I see an article come across from uh, Mark Feinsand, Feinsand from MLB.com. And he says he's expecting the Dodgers to be in play for Judge with the idea <laughs> of moving Mookie Betts. Why? With Mookie Betts moving to second base. Honestly, that would be so funny if he went there yeah. and they lost again and didn't even get to the World oh, Series. Oh, for sure. But like they're going to have the money because it's like they got to keep Turner or Judge. Play. But I mean, are you surprised that Boone wasn't fired today? Yeah. Or Cashman? Yeah, oh, for sure. One of them. I mean, I guess they're going to wait. They can wait a little bit and like, like there's Boone, not super urgency to do this, but Boone's the obvious scapegoat, but I think if if the Yankees brass at the top is honest with themselves and and it might not even be that unf- it might not be that fair to Cashman. I don't think he's done a terrible job. I just think the moves he's made have not They've either not come to fruition because of whatever reason, or they've not come to fruition because he keeps running into the buzzsaw that's the Astros. Yeah, but I think there's also just, you know, the one thing the Astros have proven over the last five, six years, and 
even, and even beyond the Astros, and they've just done it for a more sustained success. Look at these teams who have won the World Series, right? The Royals. It was at the time. It was their talent. The Cubs. It was their talent. Yeah, the Astros. Homegrown. Homegrown. Yeah, you add big Still splashes. Case. You know, you add big splashes like JV to this team, but everything else here, for the most part, is homegrown or great trades like Jordan Alvarez and the teams like the Yankees and the Angels who spend, spend, spend. What are they getting out of it? Nothing. That's the old way. That's the old guard of. And look, that can still work. Like obviously, free agency acquisitions can be a bit. I mean, Michael Brantley was a semi-big free agency acquisition when the Astros got him. Kind of, but not, like, that's like thirty. It was like thirty some million dollars. Yeah, but he's not like a big fish. Because like, where are the like, where are these guys at? I mean, like Francisco Lindor out in the first round of the playoffs. Carlos Correa doesn't make the playoffs. Trey Turner. I guess it was a trade acquisition. For the Dodgers, but and so is Mookie Betts. But uh, I mean, the Yankees, like you go get Garrett Cole, you you trade for Stanton, like it doesn't work. You can't just throw money at a problem. And hope yeah, to fix you have it. to because because then it stops you from all your other problems. Like you can't fill those gaps, you know. And, and the one thing that I think has been really overlooked over the last couple of years, and I think it's a great point by you know Brian T. Smith about the contract of Dusty Baker, but also the contract of James Click. Y- yes. These guys are Jeff Luno guys in the rotation. Yes, the lineup is Luno guys. But the heart and soul and what's helped the Astros now get to back-to-back World Series is James Click's bullpen. Like, the acquisitions he's made, Neris and Stanek it's a very... and Montero. I mean, Rafael Montero was a throwaway. A throw. He was about to get DFA'd by the Mariners. Yeah. Now he's your eighth inning high leverage guy. And in typical Astros fashion, they'll end up getting the best season ever out of him and then letting him walk and he'll never be this good again. Yeah. And think about the way, you know, we've talked about, you know, you talk about that Mariners trade. You know, it's it's not the Graveman trade now, it's the Montero trade. Yeah. The way we talk about the Miles Straw trade, it's not going to be the Phil Maton trade. It's going to be the, you know, Johnny or Diaz trade next year. Yeah. When he starts. When he's your everyday DH or whatever, and would it it's even be. surprise you if he comes up and starts just raking eventually? Like, no, he was awesome in the minors. Like if he, I, he'll probably be your everyday DH next year with Jordan and left most days. So I mean, crazy. it's just it's a factory. And those are James Click trades where the headline piece is great. Mayton was awesome last year in the postseason. Graveman was awesome last year in the postseason. But it's Montero and it's the future of Diaz that gets you the most excited about this team. So it's like. Clearly, like there's got to be some personality clashes, or or maybe Jim Crane felt like they could have kept Correa or Springer, and James Click dropped the ball on those. But what he's done with the bullpen is truly remarkable, and it's why they're back in the World Series because they're dominant. I mean, Wex put out that tweet the other day of what the Astros bullpen has given up in the postseason, and it was just zeros. I mean, what, Naris's home run to Bader was the first run they've given their, up this postseason. Their ERA is .55 in like something like, uh, is it 42 innings, 36 yeah. innings, something like that. I mean, and, and like Hector Neris is the perfect example. Philadelphia Phillies fans ran that dude out of town because he was known for choking in the biggest moments as the closer of the Phillies. And he comes here, and the analytics department does the best in baseball. How many innings has he just yeah. locked down in the like, postseason? They fixed him, and now he's going to get a chance to beat his former team and help dominate them and win a World Series for the Astros. What James Click has done with this bullpen is truly remarkable. Like, at the end of the season, if they go on and win this, it will definitely be a dual threat 
who do we give the credit to from a personnel standpoint? You've got Jeff Luno's core, but you've got James Click's tweaks in certain ways that have been just... Well, I mean, and even just like the idea of moving on from Carlos and not offering him that money. Yeah, Pena, you know, acquired by Luno, but that's James Click's decision. Like, yeah, that's, well, that's their belief. And you know what's funny about him. that? You bringing that up, I would just, I mean, I don't know what the machine's called. It's not a time machine. I would kill to get whatever that machine's called and see what Jeff Luno would have done under the same circumstances. Because you know he would have had a plan. As a matter of fact, I know he would have had a plan. Yeah, and I know it for a fact, but I don't know what that plan and was. And he might have done the exact same thing. He might have let Springer walk and Cole walk. But it's not and- just letting them walk. It's who you replace them with. If it's a Pena in this case, yeah. you know, does he replace Springer from a more demonstrative standpoint? Does he go? Does he make the big splash? Does he trade right. Hunter Brown finally? Right. Like. Oof. And that's, you know, and even James Click, like, you know, when he had the chance to make big trades, he didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a criticism of his. And like, I mean, and even like this off this season, you know, I had a buddy from Chicago tell me, and I mean, obviously I'm not a reporter, so, but I had someone who's well-connected in Chicago tell me that the Astros had a real shot at Contreras, but they passed because of what someone in the Cubs organization told uh, Dusty about. From a, what, locker room, locker room stuff. Well, I mean, and if like, that's an issue, and you're not going to come and, and play he's ball. A, and he's a, a DH. Like, he's not a – he would have been the Mancini role. So, he wouldn't have been, been the catcher here. So, like, every move they've made or didn't make, like, it's just – it's worked perfectly. Yeah, and the, the the culture has been written about ad nauseum over the past 24 to 48 hours with good reason because that's a big reason why the Astros are where they are. All right, we got one more segment to go before we call it a Monday on this post-ALCS clinching edition of the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790. Real quick, where's your testosterone level? Now, if you don't know for sure, that's fine. You might have some questions, though, and you want to you want to find out for sure. You want to go to Men's Tea Clinic. They've got uh, five Houston area locations, but start at their website, mensteaclinic.com. Kind of educate yourself on what low testosterone is, what it can be doing to you as far as affecting you from your day-to-day life. And we're not just talking about things not happening the way you want them to in the bedroom. We're talking about uh, your mood. Your mood swings and whether or not you're depressed or you're feeling unmotivated in your in your work job or your uh, your everyday life, even your family life. Those are things that can be affecting you that don't seem as common and they can get that fixed and so much more at Men's Tea Clinic. They can also do uh, wonders with their platelet rich plasma therapy. It's been shown to be revolutionary. In the field of regenerative medicine, they also have um, a long history of, you know, just basically taking your own body and what it produces and using it for your benefit. That's what platelet-rich plasma can do, and it can help regenerate and heal following injuries and procedures as well. They also specialize in scalp injections to facilitate natural hair growth or the P-Shot, which can significantly enhance your sexual performance and overall experience. All of this is available at Men's Tea Clinic. Five Houston area locations, as I mentioned. The Heights, Cypress, Pearland, Pasadena, and Spring. You can also check them out online at mensteaclinic.com. Back to Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler. Two A's. A, uh, uh, the A-Team on Sports Talk 790. Your home for your home teams. And these two assholes. Final segment of the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790. Joe George alongside myself, Adam Clanton, Josh C. producing. It's a little bit of a uh, shuffle here as Wex 
makes his way over to Toyota Center. Getting that first W tonight. <sighs> you know what, though? The Jazz are undefeated. I know. They don't really know how to do this whole tanking thing. Unbelievable. No, I'm fine with that because uh, if the, the Rockets want to get you know one more high draft pick in this particular draft, I'm okay with that. Man, they, they have some sick athleticism, and it's been fun to watch. Uh, that game against Memphis on Friday night, was actually pretty good for three and some change quarters. The fourth quarter was a little bit more forgettable, but they've got the pieces. And as a matter of fact, uh, Kelly Iko has a piece out in the Athletic talking about what's he as he called it something brewing here uh, in Houston. So it'll be interesting to see um, if this starts to pay off defensively. They've got to get a lot better. But uh, look, the Rockets—they are just like the Texans, taking a severe backseat right now to what's going on down as they should texas and crawford i mean I, I cannot wait for friday i just cannot wait and i was talking to you about this during the break they've got to get this done it's not so much to solidify i mean we if you're not an idiot you know how good they've been in the sustained excellence and how difficult it is but it, even though i know it's not going to shut up half the naysayers it doesn't need to from the stand, but it's just it's going to feel so good for what I think Houston fans, obviously, but the organization, the players that are still here, and even the players that came after the fact. This was talked it's about. Still, it's a huge weight off everyone's shoulders. You got you put on that jersey and you're getting booed for yeah. something you had nothing to do with. Yeah, that can weigh on you if you're not right. That's what's most impressive about what this team is doing. They've clearly taken that and kind of harnessed it and turned it into a big-time FU to everybody else in Major League Baseball. Yeah, and like while like it doesn't validate 2017 because there's so few players left, but you know the, the conversation earlier in the show about which is the greatest team of all time in Astros history, right? right? Well, I think if the Astros won the World Series this year, it's pretty cut and dry. 19, they didn't win. They had a rookie of the year, right? They had two top five ALCS guys, or Cy Young guys. Right. But the rotation is better. The bullpen is better. The lineup is not as good, but it's still special. Still have Payne is going to be top three rookie of the year this year. So this team's automatically better than 19. And because they, they're not cheating, and they're better because, than 17, and they even also, if the lineup's worse. And they also won more regular season games than the 17 team did. Which yeah. I think they won, what, 102 or 103, so. something like that? Yeah, so I, I think it's just it's a weight off everyone's shoulders that – they can, yeah, they cheated. We all know it. We all get it. We all talk about it. That story's been there, done that. For some reason, some old people in the media feel the need to still ask about it before every game, and I'm sure that's going to continue out through here in the World Series. It's seriously pissing me off as I'm making cuts of pregame shows that we're even talking about 2017. But it's Are still Philadelphia being, meeting, media already doing it, or you're just talking about so far? So far. Yeah. I don't think it's even Yankee media. I remember, I remember but, sitting in the pre-Seattle press scrum and i think it was it was dusty yeah because our boy idiot trash can is the guy the radio the radio play-by-play guy he brought it oh, up yeah and he was very snarky about it too that's why that's one of the main reasons why i put him in the video after the clinch just because it was just such a delight to take that and just stick it back in their faces but it is a little tired, and I do think that'll be another byproduct of this. Maybe at least, now that you're seeing people like Jeff Passan, now that you're seeing people like Stephanie Epstein with uh, SI, they're basically saying, I mean, you're lazy if you're still saying this is why the Astros are winning. Yeah, because there's nothing behind it. And, right. and, and it's on, so 
Yeah, it's just a huge weight off everyone's shoulders as a fan base, as an organization. I mean, even Jim Crane. Like, mm-hmm. the one you have is tainted. There's no way around it. It yeah. is tainted. Yeah. And, and I think, I do think that the fact that the, the Astros would win it here would, at the very least, get a majority of the media off their back. Sure. And like, everyone's always going to talk about it. But like, like yeah. we're always going to talk about, you know, the steroid era and, and all these different things. And, you know, you know, like the 05 White Sox didn't change anything about the Black Sox. Right. Just like this doesn't really change anything about 2017, but but the difference when is it's your you, only title as a franchise and the proximity to that title yeah. is just five years later. Yeah, I mean it, it's your it's, only title. It's like it's like it's why it's like why it doesn't matter with the Patriots because the Patriots cheated. They had Spygate, they had Deflategate, Deflategate, but like they just won and won and won, and then Brady even won elsewhere. So it's like it just doesn't matter because they have seven Super Bowls, just one more for the Astros. Yeah, you're still not a dynasty. And I don't think you, I think you have to win two more titles over the next like three years for this like kind of big picture 17 to 25 dynasty eight year run. Right. But it's still just this giant boulder being lifted off everyone's shoulders. And it just, it just adds to the franchise history. And, you know, I think, I think even for the fans to see a, a gold banner at Minute Maid Park that doesn't say 17 on it, besides the fact that they've been so close now so many times, but one that's not, it's perfectly clean. Yeah, I I just and I know that Philadelphia or Philly, whatever, they definitely provide a a formidable opponent for and sure. I think this is going to be. I hesitate to say like a like a slugfest, and I don't mean that from an actual hitting standpoint. I mean just from a. But when I say Astros in six as my prediction, because I'll go ahead and say it now, I'm not going to change it. Unless there's some like catastrophic injury one way or the other, um, I also like that because like people are like, oh, I don't want to. I had somebody say, I don't want the Astros to win it in New York because I want them to celebrate here. I'm Whatever. Like, well, first of all, I wanted them to celebrate in New York because that was awesome, but I do want the Astros to win it here. And I, I mean, if they win it in Philadelphia because they've gotten obviously a shorter series, yeah. If, that's if they great. win in four or five, gosh, that'd be crazy. I still think they haven't lost yet. Crazy. They've never been able to do that here. The, the closest you got was 19 when Altuve had the walk-off. Sure. So I just, I mean, I know they clinched here in 17 too, but that was they didn't know what they were yet. They hadn't won anything. This is just that would be incredible. Yeah, I'm also Astros in six. So, well, if it's happening in six, that means it's happening at Minute Maid Park. I haven't got one right yet. It's true, but that's because they've been too good. Exactly. That's Joe George. I'm Adam Clanton. This is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790. whole lot more coverage of the Astros' trip to the World Series this year, the latest edition throughout the week here on your home for Astros baseball, Sports Talk 790. Obviously, we've got a lot of other things going on from a sports perspective, including Rockets basketball. We're going to get you ready for that in a matter of minutes here. As Ross Virial will have the launch pad and then Rockets and Jazz as Adam Wexler will have the call along with Matt Thomas tonight from down over at Toyota Center. For Josh C., for Joe, for Wex, I'm AC. It is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790. We'll talk to you again tomorrow at 3 o'clock. The A-Team. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.